Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, what a goal! Danny Alley! King goes for it! Oh, what a goal from Harry Kane! Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they did it! I cannot believe it! Oh, what a debut! Stevie Wonder! Stevie Bergwijn! And here is the Celso. Freshly introduced and scoring! Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us during a show, um, which is the first time I've ever said this before on the last word on Spurs. Uh, I don't know if we've got a manager or not. And I've never said that in the four and a half, five years I've done the last word on Spurs. But uh, I'm going to say to you, not sure what's going to happen in this next hour and a half, two hours. Um, Strap in, enjoy the ride. If you're listening to the show, for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Audioboom, or across a range of different social platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter, at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram, too. And for better or for worse, you decide. We're also live on YouTube. Um, probably not the best thing to go live on YouTube, but i say you guys make your minds up on that one. Delighted to be joined by three wonderful guests. My first up co-host. Um, he has been the orchestra of our crazy train for so long. I'm not even sure Lee could say this is crazy. You might have a more different word for it. Let's hand over to Lee McQueen. Lee, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, Tottenham obviously putting us through uh, what Tottenham put us all through. Uh, you know, the weekend was fantastic up until uh, kickoff. I think the best thing about that match yesterday was the tribute for um, uh, for Remembrance Sunday uh, and the poppy appeal, at least never forget. And uh, I think that was the best thing about the performance yesterday. It was, I mean, everybody knows it. It was utterly woeful. It was abysmal. It was everything that you want. And I've got some outrageous stats coming from the Blue Book tonight. Uh, all, 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 all bad. So if you're looking for Mr. Positivity, I'm afraid he, he went a long time ago. Something has to change. And, uh, and, and it's not just the manager. Indeed. Um, I'm going to apologise in advance because normally when we do this show, um, I want to say I'm quite an organised person. I was up last night to about half two in the morning, sitting there, trying to scribble down some notes. And I thought, 
what am I doing? I'm doing this on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, when I know by the Sunday afternoon I do this, this is all going to be completely irrelevant. And um, it could be all completely irrelevant in this next hour and a half. And um, please, again, excuse me if you see me looking down. It's just a case of seeing if we have still got a manager. And that brings me on to welcoming two of our great returning guests to the last one on Spurs. First up, Sky Sports' very own, good friend of ours, the wonderful Michael Bridges in the house. Bridgie, happy belated birthday. I almost have to apologise for bringing you on. How are you? I've, um, I'm going to unmute you I've as well, got, Yeah, to me looking down as well. Obviously, I've got some calls in and some texts in, so um, there might be some news, let's see. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Great show. I'm looking forward to it. Fantastic. Like I say, always great to have you on. And also, pleased to be welcoming back this man to our show. It's been a while. I think the last time we had him on, um, I want to say Spurs might have been top of the league. God, how that changes. How that changes. Delighted to have presenter, uh, host with us well. The great Marcus Butland joins us. Marcus, apologies for bringing you on. I, I'm now apologising to bringing people onto this show. What am I doing myself? So sorry. Well, you know, uh, I went yesterday for the first time this season, so I must take some of the blame. Perhaps my being there had an effect. I, I bought a new season ticket, and because of work commitments, I had not been able to go until yesterday. I was so excited. It's a terrific seat, level four north stand, right over the goal that Manchester United twice struck in fact three times had the uh, Ronaldo offside one been allowed to and I've got to say that in and I'm going to age myself here but in 42 years of going to Spurs the second half in particular of that game yesterday was I think as bad as anything I can remember and believe me there are there are plenty of other possibilities you could put on the list it was so depressing from the moment that the manager made that very strange substitution and the crowd turned on him. It was sad. It was sad, but also it was almost comical. People around me were laughing. And unfortunately, we've all become a little bit immune to this because it's it's happened on and off for so many years. It has indeed. Now, um, many are probably going to ask how we're going to play this show tonight. So um, this is how we're going to do it. And uh, this could go horrendously wrong or it may be going to script. So um, it does appear that it's almost inevitable a case of... Um, when, not if, in terms of Nuno Espirito Santo departing as Spurs' head coach. So we are going to, like I say, reflect on his time at the club and what the future ultimately does hold and then look ahead um, in terms of, like I say, what it does mean for these players under potentially a new voice. And also, like I say, some of their performances yesterday against Manchester United. I think um, over the course of the last three to four years doing this show, we have tried to, like I say, provide post-match analysis in almost every single game. Um, tonight shouldn't really be any different, but there will obviously be a heavily debated opinion in terms of the direction of where this club should ultimately go. So um, without further ado, Lee, let's hand over to you because Solskjaer again gets a result when he needs it the most. But let's be honest about it. From a Spurs perspective, they couldn't have asked for a more favourable opposition. An absolute shambles. How would you sum up yesterday? At the it was never in doubt for Solskjaer. Never in doubt after a 5 0 drubbing by Liverpool. Their next fixture is Tottenham Hotspur away. Never in doubt. I actually put it on social media myself. Don't worry, Ollie. You're still going to be at the world next week because we ain't going to show up. And what happened? We didn't show up. I mean, I, I you know, I, I love I love interacting with fans. I love interacting with other people. I love doing these shows and all this sort of stuff as well, right? And one one thing that 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 I that I enjoy about it is kind of pushing things out, getting people's opinions and understanding. And literally everybody I spoke to was. 
yeah, yeah, you know, we've got to go on the front foot. We've got to go on the front foot and take it to Manchester United. They are a wounded animal. They are, you know, they're hurting. They are, they could be dangerous, but if we go out at them in the first 10, 15 minutes, we could have them. We didn't even have a shot on target the whole game. It's, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bereft. I mean, I'll tell you what, everybody that knows me and, um, and loves me or don't love me, whatever, whatever you want to think, they all know that I can talk. I, I, I ain't got any words, Rick. I have no words, mate. I, I, honestly, I cannot believe that we are sitting here nine years, uh, eight, eight or nine years after it's ha it happened before, under a Portuguese manager, when we got drubbed at home by Liverpool, 5 nil, 5 nil drubbing without a shot on target. And guess what? Two days later or a day later, he gets sacked. A Portuguese manager. He got sacked because he went backwards and sideways. He got sacked because he didn't play progressive football. He got sacked because we were absolutely woeful and he didn't have a clue. This, this is this is eight years ago. You're having a laugh. Fast forward eight years, it's happening again. It is, it is the definition, if you like, of insanity. Keep repeating what we do. And it is just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Look, I know, and I'm sure everybody does, and everyone watching and listening as well, we all know that there's bigger problems at the football club than just Nuno Espirito Santo. And to a certain degree, I feel sorry for the fella. But he took the job, he gets the wages, and he's got he's got that job to do, and he's not doing it. He sets up in a way that it is to contain and to be defensive. We've conceded another three goals yesterday. We conceded three against Palace, three against Arsenal, three against Chelsea. It's not working. Does anybody let it? Hello? It doesn't work. We go on the front foot against Aston Villa, eight shots on target, we win the game. We go against front foot against Newcastle, seven shots on target, we win the game. It's not rocket science. We've got Son, we've got Kane, we've got progressive players. We've got Lucas Moore who scored a hat-trick in the semi-final of a Champions League. But yet, we are going backwards. It is just mind-boggling. And I, I just, I can't understand. And I'm really, I, I am sorry. I, I am sorry, Nuno. But I can't understand how he's still sitting in that job. I, I, can't, I, can't, get, I can't get it. Yeah, we, we must say that um, in terms of sitting in this job, when you do listen to the show, uh, he may longer have this job. Um, just as I say, putting that out there for context. Um, but Lee, every word you said there, I totally agree with. Uh, Nathan was on the screen there says, I know Nuno is under fire, but should Daniel Levy, Joe Lewis be under fire too? Nuno was our 10th choice as a manager. No one with a brain will join us. Um, I, I, I'm actually I, considering as a supporter as well, if, it's, if this is worth I, it. It's mentally, difficult, so, isn't it? It's, you know, just, yeah. just quickly, before you open up to, to, to Michael and, uh, mm -hmm. and to Marcus, just, just on what yep. Nathan said there. Yes, you know, it is a collective. You know, Daniel and Joe Lewis, they have, do they care? That's the point. Do they care? Are they even bothered about what is going on? And just quickly, and, and I've got to give him credit, uh, Jason, one of our own, because he said a perfect thing in the WhatsApp group earlier. You look at West Ham United, the way that what they're doing and, and, and how they're playing football and so on and so forth. No one in, in, in Tottenham hell would have taken David Moyes. N not one Tottenham fan that I know would have taken David Moyes and they want the board out. They want Karen Brady out. They don't want to be in that stadium. But because they're playing football, because he's doing it on the pitch, where's all the protests? No, no, one's, no one's worried about their board anymore. Get it right on the pitch and everything else will fall into place. This is the thing. We're a football club and a football team and we need to get the football right. That's what we need to do. 
and and don't don't worry about sticking together. The people, the fans, pay the highest prices. As Daily Oxford, Jamie from Daily Oxford tweeted out earlier as well. We pay the highest prices in Europe for them tickets. We 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 filled that stadium yesterday. It was an utter disgrace. And everybody that is making them decisions at the football club is capable they, they, they are culpable sorry they they have to stand up and come out and apologize and do something different because this is an utter joke for our football club yeah uh, crackers there one of our own says no one can put levy and lewis under fire only the fans can by not spending the money um these are some quite funny comments here lee for you uh darren mp says thought you had no words lee give him a chance he gets going uh yeah sorry buddy <laughs> I say we no chance of shutting him up, not a chance at all. But uh, Bridgie, let's come round to you because um, as things stand, as we uh, I say record here at the moment, um, Spurs have reportedly we must use that word at the moment reportedly decided to sack Nuno Espirito Santo. As we understand, senior players inform the board that he's not up to the job. And I'll be honest with you, Mike, on, on the back of yesterday, um, it's struggling to see how Nuno could have turned it around from there. He looked like a man condemned. I mean, let's be honest about it. The football hadn't changed and the fans, ultimately, they had turned inside that stadium. You know, considering Nuno in terms of questioning the commitment of his players before this, um, it just appears that he wasn't getting that response he needed from this team. Not a single shot on target. Spurs were like a problem that ultimately Nuno couldn't fix. How did you see the game yesterday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? It's West End prices, South End players. You know, it's um, it's hard watching this football club at the mm. moment. I must Even say, it might, with, be, it might be wrong to South End to say that, but I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> if, um, you know, even with Jose Mourinho, who wasn't massively popular with Spurs fans, you saw what he was doing. There was a purpose. Even though we, we don't like it, it's not a Tottenham way, which I don't really know what that is anymore. I don't know Nuno's plan. I haven't really all season. Now, if you remember, I was on this show when Spurs were top after three games, I got a couple of comments saying, cheer up, Michael, You're, we're top. But I didn't like what I was seeing. There was something I wasn't... I said, look, I'm going to give it a few weeks, then I'll tell you how I feel. This is the next time I've been on, and, and it's here where, um, yeah, speaking, you know, we don't know whether it's happened or not officially. Uh, the club have said no comment at the moment. Um, you know, I, I, I personally think something's going on. Um, I've had indications that things are going on and then we could hear something soon. Now, we know there's huge problems with the club. Recruitment, recruitment, recruitment. I'm sorry I bore people with that, but it's it's essentially that. You've got Jack Clark, Sessignon, Lo Celso, Roden, Bergwijn, Endon Bele. It's the third season when no one really knows Endon Bele's best position, Lo Celso's. It's tiring. It's tiring. The recruitment has been horrendous. However, on this occasion... He was the wrong appointment. He is the wrong appointment, in my opinion. Um, I have to say, he's been wonderful when I've spoken to him. He's been very respectful and remembers your name, which I always find is a good bit of respect. But no, nah, I don't think he's, he, he was the right fit. Um, my concern going forward, this is a huge, huge football club. And don't let any other club tell you we're not, because they are. We are. All right. Even in the 90s, four page, five page spreads when there was a managerial departure. But damage was done in the summer with, with, the, with the recruitment and the managers uh, clubs uh, that we wanted that we were keen on i made it very clear on twitter and that conte was the one for me he's, he's such a winner and they say well he's not long term what's long term as a manager anymore come on you know yeah, so point. um yeah. so and um i'm i'm that's my concern yeah we're gonna, we're gonna try and bring michael Great. back in there 
Can you hear us there, Mike? Can you still hear us? Yeah. Can you see us? Yeah. 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 Uh, every, every word you've said there, Mike, you know, very hard to disagree with. And uh, I think, again, it, it, it results back to the summer, like we've said, in terms of when you're appointing someone that is the 10th, 11th choice by many's reckoning. Um, how do you then expect him to galvanise a dressing room with the likes of a Harry Kane, a Hun Min Son, Pierre Hoybier, Sergio Regidon, Sungi Ndombele, Deli Ali, no matter what you think of him, always a hard task at hand. Uh, Marcus has come round to you because, um, you know, the way I look at it for me, Marcus, is that you can't score nine goals in 10 games and you've got Harry Kane and Hun Min Son, two of the most uh, potent forwards in the world. And I must add on that before people question me. No, I do know Hun Min Son is not a striker. I know he's an attacker, but them two are a formidable force. And when you look at what they did under Jose Mourinho and we were criticised by a lack of attacking football, um, I just think it's simply not acceptable. And you go on the point there at Spurs to fail to register even a single shot on tight against the United side who had conceded 11 goals in their last three matches before going into this game. I mean, how do you, Mike, firstly, oh, sorry, Marcus, how do you reflect on that result against United at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Well, well first of all, um, as I think Lee mentioned, I wasn't the least bit surprised. As everyone said after United had got hammered by Liverpool, look at the fixture list, done them a favour, they're going to Tottenham. I think we kind of all, uh, actually, I did think we might manage to salvage a draw yesterday, but... Um, yeah, I agree. I think we, I would say very quickly, I thought that Son was one of the very few exceptions yesterday, worked his socks off. He was having one of those days where, you know, everything he tried in front of goal didn't quite work, but I still thought he gave 100%. The thing that continues to baffle me is where is Harry Kane playing? I mean, I just don't understand whether it's his decision to almost, you know, he's almost behind the central defenders at times. And I don't get that. Um, is that his decision? Is that the manager's decision? Has he lost his confidence? There was that run in the second half, which led to that awful cross. That's, and at that stage, the people around me were booing Harry Kane, and I never thought it would come to that. Uh, I take exactly what you have said, that there are bigger things than the managerial appointment. But quite clearly, he does not have what it takes to be the Tottenham manager. I was speaking to a colleague of mine um, from one of the national newspapers. The national newspapers don't even send their correspondence to Tottenham press conferences anymore because Nuno has got nothing to say. Wow. You know... I, I, of course, you don't necessarily want a manager who's, who's mouthing off all the time and maybe Mourinho is too far the other way, but you still want a story. You want to get the press interest wow. on the back pages. They are not sending their correspondence to Spurs press conferences anymore. And from what I understand, um, it's interesting, actually, that Michael said Nuno shows respect and remembers his name. But I, I hear that underneath it all, he's not got on well with the players. Uh, he's not popular. And I also understand that he, you know, I, I can't clarify this, but I get the impression from what I've heard from two different people that actually if he got the sack, it wouldn't be the end of the world for him because I think he realise, realises it's the wrong fit for him, just as we all do. Yeah, I mean, I think like you're saying there, Marcus, it, it reflects the nature of what we've seen on the pitch, right? I think in terms of body language, in terms of the way we're playing, it's hard to suggest there and say that it's any different to that. Um, Joey on the screen there says, I can't see how anybody can back this board anymore. Before Enoch took over this club, he was known as a cup side. Nuno is another Enoch full guy. I do promise, guys, we are going to have, let's say, a conversation in terms of the board. Like I say, at the moment, we're just discussing the fallout from that game yesterday, the manager's future, if there is one for him, highly doubtful, as I say, we, we sit here at the moment. And of course, like I say, looking back at some of those players' performances, but just some stats that um, when I read these out, the, the mind boggles me. Uh, Spurs failing to have a shot on target in a home Premier League game for the first time since the 5-0 defeat against Liverpool 
in December 2013. That coincided with the second of AVB, um, if you don't forget that one. First time in almost two years, Spurs haven't had a shot on target in a home Premier League game, uh, we said, since they lost to uh, Chelsea back on the 22nd of December 2019. It is now two hours and 16 minutes of Premier League action since Spurs had a shot on target when Harry Kane had his header saved in that first half against West Ham United. And um, current Premier League stats this season, which uh, you probably understand why this manager is going to be going. Goals, we're 18th ranking. Shots, we're 19th ranking. Chances created, 19th. Conceded the amount of goals, 16th ranking. Distance covered per game. This is the most alarming one for me. Distance covered per game, 20th. It costs nothing to run. Is there any words for that? It, it, it costs nothing to run, lads and viewers and listeners. I mean, th this is something that was instilled in our football club that you wanted to be fitter than anyone else. You go to the 94th, 95th minute, you know, late, late winners like through, through Fergie's um, Manchester United, you know, when, uh, you know, they, they were always ready. They were fit. They were there under Pochettino as well. So, yes, I brought them up already. Sorry. But, you know, we were fit. We were fitter than anyone else. I mean, when I play football, and I can't really say I played because I was absolutely rubbish. But when when I, when I played football, um, you know, it, it definitely wasn't technique or skill or anything like that that got me into any sort of team. It was just the fact that I was determined and I ran. And so, you know, from a fitness perspective, it is the basic level is what I'm trying to say. So not running around for, you know, 20th, that's lower than any other. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't believe it, Rick. I can't believe it. No, no, there's no words for it. I mean, um, Bridget, to come around to you, to even compound it more, you know, he's, he's the first manager since Christian Gross. And we, we remember those days, Mike, um, although we maybe want to say we're, we, we, didn't, we don't remember those days because we're very, very young um, to lose five of his opening 10 Premier League matches. Um, just to put that into context, it took Pochettino four years to lose back-to-back -back games for Tottenham in terms of I think, Premier League and all domestic competitions. But um, And it's taken Nuno two months to hold three back-to-back. -back. I mean, Mike... Mentally, how how do you compress that information? C can you actually understand just how far this season we've fallen just in terms of those stats alone, a club like Tottenham and the squad we've got? This is the thing, you know, you, you look at Tottenham, they were, you know, top six you know, the other week. It's the manner and the nature of the defeats. The, the Crystal Palace one, I kind of, it was a horror week in terms of the international break. We had all that problem with Argentina and the red zone. There was a couple of injuries. I kind of, okay, fine. But the Arsenal one was completely unacceptable. The, the team was the wrong team he put out. It was just, just, it was just horrendous. And there's not been much ever since. It's been quite frankly boring. Um, it's just, it's just been horrific, hasn't it? Really, really, really poor. My, my, my worry is going forward. Who takes this team on? That's, that's my concern at the moment. Tottenham Hotspur, for me, have tried every kind of manager. Every kind yeah. of manager now. Yeah. Where do you go now? Where do you go now? Um, and obviously, Nuno came in as well. Knew himself. I, bought, I think someone said it earlier, and I think he's always had that feeling that he was going to be your short-term fix here. And that's probably rubbed off on the players. You know, the players know they're not stupid. They talk. It all seems very short-term. Then you wonder why all the Spurs fans travelled up to Burnley on Wednesday. Everyone in their thousands on, you know, Saturday, 62,000, when really it's like a year of not being interested. You just know it's a one-off, you know, and that's how it all feels this season. It's just all very, very glue. Like West Ham last week. I don't even think West Ham really went out of second gear, did they really? 
That's the scary thing, isn't it? That, that, that's the scary yeah. thing, isn't it? That you know West Ham actually had more to give to that game. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, you get people now and he, arguing with each other, going back to the Pochettino argument again. You know, like I've said, he was drained. He wanted a break. I know he did. That was fact. You know, we can talk forever about... We, we all want a break, that. though. We probably want a break yeah, as well, but no, we can't. Yeah, no, I mean, of course. But, like, you know, <laughs> that he he really genuinely mentally needed a break. I know that for a fact. But we've Nuno was just completely the, the wrong appointment. I know the soundbite will make you proud. But, like, this morning, people saying about, oh, we should have sold Harry Kane now. Let me say this over and over again. Manchester City did not put a bid anywhere near worth exception. And we can all criticise the chairman, whoever, Paratici. I know, there's no way that they should have accepted a discount bid from one of the world's richest clubs. Now, we can debate as well whether we think Kane's not trying. I, I don't necessarily go along with that argument. Um, I just think he's got absolute rubbish around him a lot of the time. OK, he's, yeah, he's not completely there. Off. I, I, I understand that. But trying, I'm not so sure. But there's just such a lack of quality. The midfield, for me, it's not even top 10. It's no, not even top ten. It's frightening. It's so, isn't it? so, yeah, you know, it made Scott Scott McTominay look like you know Pirlo <laughs> and Javi yesterday. You know, it's mm, it's yeah. so poor, such yeah. a poor poor squad. And just to add to that, if I come around to you, Marcus, um, I mean, listen, we've seen the amount of stats there. I think also another alarming stat is the lack of shots we've seen per game, right? And we go back and we look at recent games. West Ham, I think I say it took us no no shot in that second half. Burnley, sixty nine minutes, I think, for our first shot of the game. Then obviously the United game, no shot at all. I mean, listen, it's the old average thing, isn't it? As we all know as fans, if you don't shoot, you can't score. Is there anything he could have done? I mean, is, I mean, based on that alone, how can anyone make a, make a, make, would have made a compromise to keep this man in? There would have been no way, would they have at all? Uh, listen, I, I think um, Michael's made a really good point. I, I think we have to look at that team. And that, uh, I, 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 I was a little worried when I saw the starting 11. I didn't know why Davis had come in. Um, I didn't know why Ndombele wasn't starting. I don't think, I'm afraid, on the Harry Kane front, I think he is trying. He's clearly upset. He's clearly not the Harry Kane that we've become accustomed to over the years. But he's getting next to no service at all. The other thing that just struck me, uh, sitting in the stadium for the first time uh, this season, but I've seen the video before, you know, you've got that wonderful sort of build-up. It's all about to dare us to do and all this sort of thing. And then you, you watch a team that is not daring to do anything. That's the most galling aspect of, of the whole setup at the moment. But uh, you look at that starting 11, you know, I, I, I like Oliver Skip. Skip. Um, I think he's a really honest, hardworking player. But he, is, is he to the level that we really require if we're going to start beating the top teams on a regular basis? Hoybier has been a fantastic workhorse. You know, I think we all want to see him in the team. But just how much quality does he actually possess? I, I, I just look at that starting eleven yesterday and those on the bench and, and actually think we're kidding ourselves a little bit if we expect to have huge success at the moment. I'm afraid that, you know, the, the quality, for me anyway, is, is just not there to the level that we would expect two years on from being in the Champions League final. Yeah. Um, Tin Man on the screen there says, Roy Keane summed this up perfectly. Boring. Lee, we're going to come around to you in a second. Um, before I do, I just want to read out 
listen, a number and a flavour of some of our listener questions. I must say thank you ever so much. I know we get these in every week. Um, this week, I think we had about 150 come in. Um, we do try our best to, let's say, shuffle the pack, try and provide different questions from different people each and every week. So let's say if you haven't had your question read out, um, it's not been overlooked. Please keep sending these in. Uh, Nathan Lumber says, lost for words, different games, same story. We've gone backwards even from last year. The manager was totally out of his depth and his decision-making and lack of ability to make both player and tactical decisions during a game was ever more apparent or appalling. Nuno had run his course. Uh, AD, and this is an interesting one, he actually did phone us last week. He said, I told you Nuno would be sacked because the moment the ball fill, they have the heat on them. They take the easy option. 62,000 people saying, you don't know what you're doing to the manager. There was not a chance he'll survive. They need to hire a potter. Money does talk. So does style. John Labby says, enough of this. I'm going to be ill watching this club week in, week out. We have zero quality, no plans or ideas, no passion, no heart. It runs much deeper than Nuno. 2-0 down at home. There was no reaction. There is something seriously wrong with this football club from top to bottom. The Bachanel says, this is on Daniel Levy and Fabio Paratigi. Should have sold Kane and rebuilt. Should have hired Fonseca. At this point, no one is being honest if they think this manager and this squad is anything but mid-table or worse. Andy Perry says, and this is quite poignant, when was the last time you actually looked forward to going to a game at Spurs recently or even enjoyed just watching the quality of football? I no longer remember either. And right now, it's soul-destroying Everything around the game is just so depressing. And um, we do, like I say, echo those thoughts, I think, from Andy there. And uh, I can tell you, Andy, having to do these shows every single game, every single week, almost twice a week sometimes, it does definitely grate away. Now, after the game, uh, Nuno was asked in terms of the way forward. This is probably relevant news now, but he said that we're not on the right track. It was a bad performance. We are telling the fans we are sorry, but we are trying our best in a humble way. We asked the supporters to support us. Um, in terms of if he was confident that he would have got more time, he says, I'm only thinking about the next training session. The booing of fans is understandable. When they don't see their team turn up, they expect they are going to boo. It is up to us to change the mood. And finally, he says, the only solution is we try and stick together and work together. We are better than what we showed. We should do better in terms of certain situations because we have the talent to do so. I mean, Lee, you got to be honest, on that game itself, and I know this is now probably old news to many in terms of Nuno, and it was just the case for me, Lee, that again, you go into a game of a real lack of shape, um, lack of a plan, and almost a manager whose ethos is completely against the profile that we put out during the summer. Now, we were promised almost a restoration of attacking, exciting, vibrant football and a squad who would be refreshed to an adequate level and a board who actually listened to the supporters via the trust. And we actually have none of the above now. So therefore, do you have any confidence moving forward that we will get the right person in that is going to take us forward as a club? <laughs> Look, listen, um, you know, every our last three or four managers that we've had that have been successful have been stumbled along, haven't they? You know, Jacques Santini, and then we ended up with Yol. Yol was uh, put uh, put the building blocks into place to get us into the top five. Um, and obviously with Lasagna Gate, we'd have got into the top four. Um, you know, the director of football uh, structure kept Harry Redknapp away, away, away. Then they got rid of it. Harry Redknapp comes, we're in the Champions League, unearths bail, the rest, rest is history. And ultimately, with Potticino as well, it wasn't a lot of people's first choice at that uh, at that time. Uh, AVB, you know, again, took us backwards. You know, I, we've already talked about the Liverpool defeat. I mean, the 1-0 West Brom, 
at home defeat was absolutely horrific under AVB. I remember thinking, I was in the South Stand that day and I said, that's it, I ain't coming again. You know, this, this is what the club needs to understand, like the board needs to understand that fans are sick of going and watching this dross. You know, I, I was actually on a flight back from Spain uh, yesterday. And so I, I didn't actually make the game, which is bloody flight got changed, to be fair. It's really annoying. Um, and I put my ticket on the exchange. And now this this is a massive point, I think, because I, my, the, my mate that I go with season ticket, a few of us are dotted around, who sits next to me, he, he went to the game. Man United fan had my ticket. On the exchange, how's that working? How does that even work? You have to be a member or, or, or part of the supporters uh, club from a um, from a Tottenham perspective to get an exchange ticket. It's just a, it's you know people just being filled up in the stadium wherever they want to be. You know uh, uh, people are coming over; they're not even supporting Tottenham. Um, you know the sixty thousand people, the proper fans that go up and down the country week in week out, everywhere they go abroad, everything. You know, one of our own, Chris Callan, you know he does all of that. This is what we're getting. We're, we're getting served up every week. You know the but value the, of our club. Sorry, Michael's gone, but I, I, I take what you're saying. The trouble is, the club knows that no matter how bad it is, we're going to pay for it. Yeah, we will turn up the following, we and, and the that's problem. a fact. And they know it. And it's it's unless you can lead some sort of rebellion where sixty thousand people just don't turn up one week and really put the heat on Daniel Levy, it will carry on like this. People, do, people, people were doing the conga inside the stadium at half eight yesterday and oops upside your head. The way it was going, Mike, we'd have more success doing that, I reckon, than getting a result. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the support from Tottenham fans is absolutely phenomenal. It always, you, know, you look at Burnley Wednesday it's the sad night. Thing. This is the sad thing. Isn't it? You know, it's incredible. Yeah. They always go on about Leeds fans, Newcastle fans. Yeah, we all know that. The other, yeah, yeah, but the Tottenham fans are. Right up there as well, if not better, in my opinion. Absolutely incredible support. But you look at it as well. We talk about time to drop Kane and all this. And they say, oh, we should have sold Kane. Right, OK, right. Sold Kane, right, OK. So you've got pure faith that mm. the people in charge are going to spend that money adequately with a week mm. to go before the deadline. Tottenham don't even have Vinicius this season. There's no second striker. Look Mike, at what that poor old... 20, 26, yeah, 26 goals are out this squad, Mike, in, right. in Vinicius and Bale. Right. No replacement. Now, I'm right, for years, I've been told by the academy guys, Dane Scarlett, Dane Scarlett, Dane Scarlett. Mourinho said, Dane Scarlett. I'm worried about this boy now. Take him out of that Europa League, uh, totally Conference agree. League squad now. Spot Dangerous. On. You cannot mm. be doing this to a young kid. It doesn't yeah. look good. You're making Vitesse Arnhem defenders look like Maldini. And, you know, it's not good for him. He's, he's learning absolutely nothing. No Vinicius. Yeah. Bale. Okay, fine. Spurs won't get him bail back ever. But, yeah. you know, no second striker. It's the recruitment. Absolutely 16 goals, Bale. 16 goals. 11 in the Premier League but, last season. Didn't replace him. Mm, you know, it's, and just, you talk, it's well, absolutely said, ridiculous. Yeah. And you talk about the likes of Ben Davis, And, you know, Nuno said, I find him a little bit more consistent. You know, you know, you look at the likes of Harry Winks. Yeah. Harry Winks. Harry Winks, too comfortable. Needs a move for himself, OK? Can't get in any team now in the squad. Delhi worked hard all summer. Can't get in anywhere near the squad now. Looks shot to bits. These need a move for themselves. Yeah, just, I mean, just quickly, I just want to pick up on, on a point that, 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 uh, that the lads made before and also that values piece, because I do bang on about a plan and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And I know, I'm sorry, viewers and listeners, I keep banging on about it, but it is so important for, for everybody to galvanise. When we're getting messages from the club saying, stick together, for what? 
stick together around what? If you tell us that in five years we're going to win the Premier League and this is how we're going to do it, or in two in two years we're going to challenge for um, you know the, the the Champions League again or the you know w- w- whatever, then then I don't know what it is. You know, everyone's got their own opinion on that, right? So it's completely subjective. But the club need to come out and say this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. To dare is to do. We're going to make you proud. Well, you're not. You're not making us proud and you're not to daring and you're not to doing either. Right? The values of the football club is... I mean, it's almost, it's almost that... Will, it's almost, I must say, Lee, it's almost that will do. That will do. That is, well, that is the motto. That will do. This is the thing. What, what, is, what is the purpose of the football club? Why are we here? This is massively important in sport, in anything you do, in life, in business. You need to have a purpose to go after. And people say about having projects, but the project should be... This is where we're going. This is how we're going to get there. Are you with us or not? There's so many people that are going in different directions because we don't know what the actual direction is. Th- does that make sense but, to everybody? That's this is because I agree. But, but Lee, I don't think the club, I mean, you just look back to the summer. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look back to Saki Mourinho five days before a cup final. And, and then crazy. the whole world asked if they wanted a job during the summer. They don't yeah. know where they're going. That's no. what I mean. uh, from what I hear, that the, the, the next strand... I think we have we mentioned it that, that Ryan Mason will take charge certainly for the foreseeable future because yep. then they they want to find they, they're actually looking at Arteta. Okay, he's not pulling up trees, but they want a young, progressive manager. That's what I'm now hearing. In which what? case, I'm thinking, what well, is that Potter? I I don't know, mm. but what? you know, for for me, I, I don't know whether you guys would, would would think of this one as a possibility. Yeah, bring back Ryan Mason. How about in conjunction with Glenn Hoddle, who I know has been out of the game for a very long time, but is a legend. And well, put a yeah. shoulder, an arm around Ryan's shoulder. And as, as a, mm. a duo, I think that, you know, if we're going to stick together, I think Glenn might help for, get, get people to stick together for a few months. And I don't know. I know he's been out of the game for a long time, but I, I, to me, something like that might, might work short term. John Marcus, all I would say is that whoever's going to be in this job temporary or the word interim, for me, it's got to be someone with a football head. And this is no respect to Ryan. It's in, he's played the game. He's you know, really, really a, a, a favourite around the football club. But then what you've got to think about for me is even in the interim period, what does it say to these players, the likes of Kane, the likes of Son, the likes of Delhi, Undumbele, Giovanni Lacelso, Sergio Regulon, Eric Dyer, you know, you name and rattle them off, Hugo Lloris, um, when you've got an interim guy coming in, and we're still in all four cup competitions. We've got a massive, massive Carabao Cup quarterfinal at home to West Ham, at home to a West Ham side at the moment. They're looking very, very good. Um, they actually look like they've got, so you've got some identity. They've got a plan. They've got a vision under David Moyes, as Lee touched upon earlier. This, to me, is a massive, massive job now for anybody that comes in. And um, I tell you, I'm in support of you, Marcus. What you're saying there is that, for me, it needs somebody to come in that has got for me, an experience of leading a dressing room. And that's no disrespect to Ryan because, like I say, he's done a good job overall last season. Of course, I think I was massively disappointed with the cup final and I was joking with Jason earlier just that, for me, it would be really uninspiring if Ryan Mason was to come back. I didn't mean that personally because I've got a lot of respect for Ryan in terms of, like I say, what he's been through as a player on and off the pitch and, like I say, what he's given to the football club. But for me, I just want to see Spurs be more ambitious. But... Mike, to come over to you, sources claim that Daniel Levy was reluctant to make a knee-jerk decision so early in the campaign. But given the level of hostility from the club supporters inside the stadium this weekend, it seems to have surprised many of the senior figures at the club. Did it surprise you at all, Mike, in terms of that level of hostility towards towards Nuno in that game? Did it surprise you the reaction he got in terms of the substitutions, in terms of, like I say, the booing overall? 
Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I was surprised myself when it was Lucas, but not many were really pulling up trees anyway. I mean, like I'm going to talk about Bergwijn. I just, again, another player, I just don't think he's anywhere near good enough. You know, if you want a good Dutch wing, I'd have had Dan Juman from Bournemouth, who's, who's going to who's at Villarreal, and he's going to come back to the Premier League. He's going to go to a very, very big club in a year or two. Uh, remember, I've said that. Um, again, he looks lost. And Paul, I feel sorry for Bergwijn, you know, hearing that. You know, that was nothing on him. No disrespect to him. No, it, and you're right, he got caught up in that, didn't he? He got caught up in that. Yeah, uh, another winger. I just, I mean, just, I just can't see it happening for him at, at Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, look, still in the quarterfinal of the League Cup. Don't want to lose to West Ham for, you Massive know, game. For, for, for many reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, got to be careful here who Tottenham bring in because if, if it's a couple, if it's certain names, I just feel like you're just throwing the season away. You know, that's just, my worry, though, and as I always say how big this football club is, the damage it's done last summer, the embarrassment and how long it took to hire a manager. And then we wanted to get a guy who got sacked by Roma because our, our manager was going to Roma. You know, I mean, and, and please, everyone, oh just ignore, ignore, ignore the Conte rubbish you read this morning, OK, from Italian reports. It's rubbish. Unfortunately, it's rubbish. Do you honestly think? You, you mean you can't you tell? We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna grovel back there to and say, think, Antonio, we have got that. We have got that four hundred million under the, under the sofa. We can do this. I'm I'm sad to say. Do you honestly think? Um, no. And and just for the for the record on Conte, I've been told that he's not exactly rushing. I know we. I really wants the Man United job, and he could potentially be offered it if Oli loses to City and their Champions League game. Um, I mean, let's face it, Tottenham. What a great, what a great game for Ollie after their defeat. This is we just played a team and lost five 0 You know, not one shot on target. Um, all I'm saying is, I don't look. It's bleak times. I don't want people to think if Nuno does go, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be a lot better. It could even get worse before it gets yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I'm sorry, Ricky. I don't think it's a very good squad. No, I think it's, it's, it's a little, it's better than what it, but it, it, we're in the third year of Giovanni Lo Celso and we still don't know his best position. Yep. Tangi on Dombele gets a standing ovation if he lasts more than 67 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's unacceptable. Oh, it's I'm unacceptable. His best position is out of the club. I, 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 I want to want like him. He has proved nothing every time he, no, it's, it's not going to work with, with half of those players. You are right. The, yeah. the squad is not strong enough and I think it will get worse before it gets better and I, Ricky I take your point you want an experienced manager but I, I, what what Michael just said we don't want to just go and get a Fonseca because no. he's available yeah. And, and my, yeah. I, I'd rather uh, you know tread water with, mm. with maybe well for my for, for Ryan Mason and Glenn Hoddle something like that and yeah. then maybe come the summer let, let's see who is out there available who really does fit the bill do you not? I think, Mark, just quickly on that, is that not right off the season? By if we use that term, treading water, I think we're almost going to be drowning. Well, hmm. you know what? We you we're could... in four competitions. I would understand I, if we're I, out of those competitions and I, we haven't got much to fight for, but we oh, still I, got a great I, chance I, of a cup there. I still think that with Mason, whoever at, at the helm, in a one-off cup situation, we can beat West Ham on, on, on the night. Uh, I don't think it's writing off the season, but what I don't want to do is have yet another false dawn that actually ends up writing off another two seasons. I've got a slightly different. I've got a slightly different take on it in, in terms of the squad. Uh, I know Michael and Marcus have been uh, quite vocal on the squad's not good enough, and I'm not sitting there saying that it absolutely is. 
But what I would say is that it's given the style of football that they've had to endure over the last two and a half years and the, and the drills and the coaching and or, or the lack of, the lack of running, the lack of training sessions, um, you know, in, in the football club. We know from Manchester United supporters and friends of the show and Aaron, who's, uh, who's a big Manchester United fan as well and hosts, uh, hosts us now on BBC London. We know that Mourinho had done the same at Manchester United and got them already running. He wasn't, he and, wasn't there's, and there's always a hangover, Lee. We must stress that. There is always a hangover after Mourinho. Exactly. So, so you look at some of these players. I'm not I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to defend Tungo and Dembele or Le Celso or any of these players that aren't, you know, aren't giving it. But 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 the stats you said earlier, Rick, right? 99 kilometres or something like that, was it? 99 kilometres, 20th in the Premier League in terms of team running. That is not just down to the players. That is down to the coaching and the management of what we what we're doing. So I, I do agree that you know if we get or sorry, hopefully when we get rid of Nuno, that things uh, still might get worse because of the because of the um, uh, because of the squad. But I also think there is a p- potential for it to get better as well. If you go on the front foot, sorry Mike, sorry buddy, but if you go on the front yeah. foot with the players that we've got, we will win more football matches than we lose. Oh look, I mean there's. Tottenham can be better. I mean, they can't get much worse. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, thank God for Norwich. You know, they'd, Tottenham would be part yeah. of everything. But <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, just, I just see headless chickens everywhere. No guile. No creativity. No passer. I want to enjoy... I like... I like. Yeah. I miss Modric so much. I mean, you know how everyone knows I, I'm I, I am with Eric. I know, Bridget. Right? I know. Yeah. And I'm sorry, yeah. let's not forget Jose Mourinho came second, won the Europa League and the League Cup. So let's not pretend he had a bad tenure at Manchester United. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Done okay, but for, can you imagine some of those ex-United players? They'd have a statue for Oli if he won the Europa League and finished second. Come on. Uh, and also, <laughs> um, let, let's not forget, weird as it sounds, if we'd won yesterday, we'd have gone fourth. Um, and, and that's yeah. the manager who I think most people want to say goodbye to. So I don't think we'd be treading water by bringing in somebody else. If we need front foot football. Yeah. That's what we need. So that is what we need in this yeah. football club. We need front foot football. Portuguese managers do not work at our football club. End of story. <laughs> AVB, uh, see you later. It didn't Leah, work, right? I just Five worry, Lee. Yeah. Marino I, didn't I, work. Nino mm. hasn't worked. Do not go mm. and bring in Consal. Do not go and bring in uh, um, uh, Fonseca. That ain't going to work. It's pointless. Stop going yeah, around yeah. on this yeah. damn merry-go-round and bring in somebody that's going to play front foot football. And if it is Ryan Mason... Uh, you, you mentioned Marcus, you mentioned Arteta earlier. Right, he was getting pelters before. He has got a squad now of things getting things in the right way. Forget league position. Think about what he's been doing behind the scenes and what he's been doing. He's been a lot of money, but he's trying to get there. A just quick shout out to Ollie and Harry, by the way, that are big uh, Arsenal fans, but they're, they're youngsters, so don't have a go at them. And, uh, and, and they've been on my holiday with me as well. So uh, they're watching for, for us tonight. But look, you know, Arteta is, is, a, cl- is a, a club man. He's an ex-captain of their football club. He knows the football club inside out and, and their values. Maybe that's what we need to do. Scott Parker. He's putting up people who didn't want Scott Parker before when he was at Fulham. He's doing brilliantly at Fulham. He's doing brilliantly at Bournemouth now. He managed our academy team. If we've got no money to go and spend on mm. players, let's bring him through the academy. Oh, who oh. better to do that than the ex-academy manager? I mean, you could not yeah. make this stuff up. From well, yeah. football, that's what yeah. he plays. Well, I, I can tell you right now, for me personally, um, in the summer when my good friend Anthony Costa called me and I turned my nose up at uh, Graham Potter, Mm. And I, I dismissed these managers as not being good enough for our football club. And Scott Parker, I called a project manager. Um, if you guys are watching now, which you're probably not, you're probably tucked up, uh, already doing your, you, you know, your, your revision for your games coming up. I am sorry. Come and take us. I, no, I, <laughs> I, I, 
Uh, Bridgie, know, what do you I, reckon I, about that? I, 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 look, I, I get on well with Scott, but... I know you I'm, do, yeah. I, I, got Fulham, Fulham got relegated last year. All right, yeah. He's doing all right now. Mm. Top, this is Tottenham Hotspur, boys. Yeah. All right, don't forget that. This is still an attractive job to many. Oh, look, I didn't want Potter... Because he only finished a point or two ahead of Chris Hewton. I, w- I wasn't sure. That's the yeah. one I would say that if you were offered it now, I'd say yes. Yeah. I would say wanted Antonio Conte. Jose yeah. Mourinho was a massive name. Look how good Kane was under him. Okay? Yeah. No, that, this is this is the bigger problem. I agree. It, yeah. I agree. It's, it's, it's yeah. so depressing. The concern is now, yeah. although Tottenham are a massive club, do they want to work under this structure? When I see Paratici and Hitchin acting like managers on the touchline the other week, mm. I'm not sure could, if I like that. Could you could you oh, imagine, yeah. Mike? Could you imagine Mourinho standing for that? Yeah, but um, forget, forget no, Mourinho. I mean, no, but no, but yes and no, forget him because Kane and Son were phenomenal last season under him. And as I said earlier, even though sometimes I didn't like the way Tottenham played, I see a purpose with his plan. I think Tottenham would have won the League Cup with him. I think no, no, I agree with that. I, Sorry, I, 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 was, I, I thought you were talking think, about with Paratici and Mourinho. From a Mourinho perspective, from a Mourinho perspective, they scored 18, 19 goals in the first 9, 10 Premier League goals, uh, games between them last season under Mourinho. In that, in that Amazon documentary, Kane went into Mourinho's office. Mourinho went, stick with me. I'll make you an absolute superstar. He had his arguably his best season in Premier League. I totally agree with you. I completely agree. He went in there and said, look, actually, my best chance here of getting top of the league or winning anything is Son and Kane. And he built, he made the team and they were absolutely outstanding. How can we have them two unbelievable players doing what they did last year to, to not even having a shot on target against Manchester United? How's that work? I'll say something. I'll turn it around another way. If Eric Ten Hag, Holland is a, a selling a selling country, right? If Eric Ten Hag and Graham Potter, manager of Brighton and Hove Albion, with the greatest will of the, in in the world, if those two, let's use them as an example. If them two are saying no to Tottenham Hotspur, there's a problem. Yeah, totally agree. And um, I must say, guys, very quickly, and um, for our listeners on audio. We are going to go for a very quick break now. Depending how this goes, um, you are going to hear from either the current or the previous Spurs head coach, Nuno Espirito Santo, for you listening <laughs> on your way to work Monday morning. Um, I can't confirm either way whether that's, like I say, his current or his previous. You'll know when you're listening to him if you can even bear it. Um, so, like I say, you're going to hear from Nuno in this break. Yeah, very tough, very tough, very disappointing. We didn't perform as we wanted. I truly believe that we are better of what we showed today. Until the goal. It was an even game, wasn't it? I mean, we had chances. We had the ball in the net. But that first goal seemed to just kill our momentum in the game. And Yeah, we started well the game. Um, we didn't really create much, but we had we had situations that we could do better. Um, you can see the a goal that we knew, the situation that Man United creates after the second phase. Um, and after that, on the second half, we start, we start very bad. We never recovered the momentum of the game. You heard the frustration of the crowd. I mean, have you got a message for the for the fans, Nuno? Uh, what can you say? It's the reality. When our fans don't see what what they expect, uh, what they want, they're gonna they're gonna show to you. They're gonna boo, and we have to, to be strong, accept it, recognize that uh, it's not the words that is gonna take away the, the anger that they are experimenting in these moments. Only actions, and we have to do much better. And the actions are Thursday, in the next one, so we can change this around. 
Yeah, you always look forward, Nuno, and it's a very important game on Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. All the games, all the games Thursday and the next one, and after the next one. Um, you have to stick together. It uh, may seem absurd, but that's the only way. Let's try and stick together. Let's like say we are keeping our fingers on the pulse. We may get a announcement very soon over the future of the current Spurs head coach, Nuno Espirito Santo. As I say, if you're listening to this, he may have already departed and we may already know, you may already know before us, who Spurs have got in charge. And so that's where we're going to go in next. Um, and as I said, we're going to get on to actually discussing where we are in terms of the future now, because uh, we've done that Nuno chat. We are also going to look ahead to Manchester. Uh, we're going to look, at, look, look back in terms of the player performance against Manchester United. But uh, Marcus, let's come to you. Because um, I just want to refresh your memory, not that you need it, over Spurs's, um Daniel Levy's words when Tottenham were looking for the last manager. Um, mm. And he said, we shall focus the recruitment of a new head coach. We are acutely aware of the need to select someone whose values reflect those of our great club and return to playing football with the style for which we are known for. Mm. Free-flowing, attacking and entertaining. Now, mm. interestingly, um, on the back of that, We've actually heard, you know, sources around the training ground, which I know actually you mentioned earlier, Marcus, that um, technically Nuno was, Nuno was being seen as uh, Mourinho without the CV or the charisma. Uh, the training and tactics were being described as devoid of intensity. Therefore, I just wonder from my perspective, we mentioned about names. Um, if we discuss maybe, because we don't know what's going to happen in terms of this season, if we're looking ahead to next season, if there is going to be an interim for now and say Ryan Mason is the appointment, um, do we need... Marcus, a completely different playing style. I think Mike mentioned him there. Someone like an Eric Ten Hag, and I think previously we mentioned someone like a Hansi Flick. And what they would have done for me is they would have gone in there with a completely new plan that would have, I think, changed the ethos of that dressing room to a point where it would have been almost a learning curve again for the players. They would be able to flood out what was done previously, new regime, new purpose, new focus. Is that what Tottenham need with their next appointment, in your opinion? Well, it's a very good question. Uh, I honestly can't answer that with any great certainty. Of course, the next manager needs to come in with, you know, uh, um, Lee said it earlier, we're not quite sure what the Tottenham way means anymore. But for me, the Tottenham way, when I think back to some of the managers and the teams that I've watched in the past, I mean, I, I, I love, I want pace. I want, I want overlapping fullbacks or whatever it may be. I want that creativity and I want to, couple of great goal scorers okay I'm, I'm being a bit selfish but and if we're if we're going to lose that's fine because I, I'd rather go back to the Aussie Ardiles days when we had the famous five and we okay we might lose five four and he didn't last very long but there was something still quite noble about that team and and the way they went out and tried to entertain okay it didn't work so yes you've got it you've got to uh, just look at the video that they show I mentioned it before the video of the, of the great and glorious moments in the club's history that get you all up for the game as it did for me yesterday. And then you watch that team and they're not doing that. It's it's just so static. It's There's just no no creativity whatsoever. No speed, no pace. That translates into no shots on target. Yeah, so whoever comes in, I, I do think they need to be aware because it's still going to be very hard to win things. So, okay, you might not win silverware, but... If you're entertaining the crowd and you're trying to do it, quote, the right way, I think that next manager will have a chance. They have to have a chance because it can't get any worse than this. So, yes, I would like somebody who's got a bit of creative flair, who knows what the fans want. And let's see how far that can take that next manager. Lee, let's come over to you um, because 
in the aspect we're in right now, some actually don't blame maybe the predecessor when you listen to this Nuno. In fact, some actually feel quite sorry for him. Um, because it was, I know we've had a discussion, me and you off there earlier today over the phone, yeah. that um, the wrong man for the job. But for the blame, this should need to land with the Spurs board, right? I mean, we've been here before. We've been there again. We've discussed this on a lot of different shows. And you know what's funny? The amount of times I hear people say, you know, last one on Spurs, we don't call out the ball. And I wonder, you know, we discuss every aspect of the football club, every sure. single game, every single week. And we do it at the death at times. I mean, like I say, these shows go on to about an hour and a half for that reason. But um, we knew, Lee, the team needed refreshing even prior to the Champions League final, but dreadful club management has seen us ultimately fail. What does give you the confidence to get us back to a position where we are at least competing with some of those sides above us? Well, I'll be honest with you, Rick, and you know this anyway about me and, and you know, most of the listeners and viewers will now. Um, you know, I, I, I always look at things on the positive side of things. You know, I always try to look at that. But what this club is doing to me now and over the last two years maybe now, is, is just sapping all of that positivity away. I mean, I, I know, like, me and Bridgie was in the Champions League final to get together. We, we were there, like, you know, and we were loving it and we were, you know, it's, and we're always positive and it just sapped away from us. And that's just, this is what this club's doing. You know, there was no signings or transfers for 518 days, right? That was the first thing. Then the furlough mess, absolute mess around furlough. Then the ESL itself. You know, the, 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 the people that work for the football club don't like working for the football club outside of the fo of the football side of things. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? The way they've been potentially treated, not all of them, I can't say that for, for a fact of what everybody, but I know I know for a fact there's people inside the football club that don't like the atmosphere as, as, as what it is at the moment. Same as how we're feeling on the outside, people working in the club, it, it's a similar situation. When you look at that with non-playing staff and people that are, you know, working in, you know, in the club, in the club shop or working in sales, you know, that, that type of stuff uh, within, you know, selling the packages and whatever. You know, when you're hearing that sort of things, it's it's inevitable that the players are going to be thinking certainly around that sort of stuff as well. So you have to question Daniel Levy. You, you know, Daniel Levy is the chairman of the football club. Um, he's a 30 percent owner of the of the football club. Um, but he can, he can still step aside. Just because you're part owner of the football club doesn't mean to say that you have to run it. You don't have to be the the CEO or the um, uh, you know or the chairman. Is that ever going to happen? Well, that's down to Daniel. You know, at the end of the day, it's down to Mr. Lever. I don't want to disrespect him. What he's done off the pitch has been quite quite remarkable, really quite remarkable. But I think even I'm now sick of saying lovely stadium, lovely training ground. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of saying all of that because at the old White Hart Lane unbeaten in our final season, by the way. If, I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, and I don't really like using hindsight, but if we'd have stayed there another season, we might have won the league that, that the next season. Because, of the, you know, so yes, the club needs to progress. Yes, the club needs to move forward into getting uh, uh, more weekly revenues coming in. And I, I get all of that. But if we're not seeing it on the pitch, if we're not reinvesting it in the football club, uh, in the football side of things, what is the point? You know, some people will say to me, and 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 I said it myself a, a number of times. You can go back on the shows, the last show, whatever. What needs to change? We need to invest. We need to invest, and we have invested in certain parts. But the recruitment, as as Bridgie said, has been woeful. You know, it has been awful. Tunga and Dembele, sixty-five million. Lacelso, forty odd million. Marcus said it earlier. Our midfield against um, Manchester United. Uh, yesterday was woeful, and two of them players cost over 105 million. 
you know, it's just Staggering. absolutely yeah, ridiculous. So yep. this is what I keep saying about, you know, it is it, the whole place at the moment is not where we need to be. We need leaders in the on the pitch. We need leaders off the pitch. We need leaders in the boardroom to say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to get out of this mess. Not st- stick with us, we'll get through it. Get through what, you don't know what you're doing. This has been the problem. The other issue that we've got with Daniel Levy at the moment is, and, and you know, you have to give some credit if, if I can. I know a lot of people won't allow me to, but everybody was saying we need we need a director of football. We need Levy off the football side. We don't want Daniel Levy making a football scene. So he's brought in a director of football or, or managing director of football in terms of Paratici. Paratici, sorry, I get his name, the pronunciation one, one way or the other. And his appointment was Nuno. So, so what happens now if if Paratici, Paratici doesn't want to sack Nuno? What does is, what is Levy then go and sack him above his head? And now he's got a rod for his own back. This is why yeah, it's an mess. Yeah. You can't have one person wanting to do one thing and another person wanting to do another thing in leadership positions in the football club. But, you know, Lee, I, yeah. sorry, but, but in, I, what, what I also hear is that apparently Daniel Levy has uh, lost a lot of enthusiasm for the football side of things. He's, he's got other business interests. Um, he's not going to... He's not going to sack himself. This this is the big problem. But I, I think he's, I think he's he's lost a lot of faith himself. And, and unfortunately, when you look at the decision making that this club has been responsible for for a number of years now, I mean, in, and I I, don't, I totally accept that what he's done in terms of the new pit. Having said that, I'd rather be playing on Harringay marshes if we were winning in cup competition. Exactly. But, I know a crackers makes that point every time. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter. What, I think I got to say, Marcus, on that what you just said there. It does not matter where Tottenham Hotspur would play. No. If they wouldn't played over the local park in Enfield Town, we'd all be there. We'd still be turning up in our droves. And, you know, this is the thing about the new stadium, that, yes, the new stadium is beautiful. It's iconic. It's mm-hmm. great. But, you know, if someone said to me, if you remain at White Hart Lane, you're going to be progressing there, I don't think anyone would have moved. Do you see where I'm coming from, Mike? Do you see where I'm coming from, Marcus? Do you see where yeah, I'm coming from on that? I, I do. I think the club has to develop. I think we have got an amazing stadium and it's bringing in lots of revenue from NFL and from boxing events and all the rest of it. And I don't want to, to criticise that side of things. What I, what I would just want to highlight is that in any other walk of life, any other business for a chief executive, whatever title you want to give Daniel Levy, to have made the decisions that he has made for the past 15 years would not be acceptable. It, it just wouldn't be acceptable. And I, I'm, I'm, I like to think he's done them all with the best intentions, but the time has come for him to stand aside. You know, stay at the club if he wants, by all means, but stand aside and let somebody... I always remember Clive Allen saying, you know, Daniel Levy, you know, as we all know, he's a great uh, a great businessman. He is not a football man. Mm. And, and that's, that is the key issue here because this is a football club. So, Daniel, stand aside... And let's applaud you for a fantastic stadium, for everything else. But please, please hand over the reins to somebody who just has the heart of the club as his sole interest. No, wonderful, wonderful points that you say there, Marcus. And, um, you know, the irony is, I think, Daniel, from what we understand, again, according to reports, we must say, it's according to reports that he was absolutely furious by that display over the weekend. And I look back at one of our good friends of our show, Alistair Gold, who uh, in the summer said, and one of his articles well, was, um, you know, Paratigi presented Daniel with this dossier of um, Nuno at Valencia with, I think, the three, I think the five at the back or the three at the back and said, look, you know, he can play this attacking brand of football. 
I mean, what was he? <laughs> I just think he's a yeah, he hasn't even played for it at the back, has he? Since he's been it, he generally hasn't. He's played four three three and four two three one. No, you're right. But the point I was getting on to, and I'll come around to you on this, Mike, is that you know when Nuno does go, and like I say when you're listening to the show, I have to keep saying this. He may have gone already. Is that the article will be titled, you know, uh, this is Daniel Levy's last chance to get it right for the forty fifth time. And um, you know, the club talks about this being a new cycle, but the problem is, like Lee mentioned there, that we cannot even see what this particular cycle wants to achieve. There is no clear plan on or off the pitch, and there's been a complete incompetence now for years. You know, we're not talking about you know, we're not talking about months. We're not talking about you know, weeks. You know, it's just baffling decisions, baffling football, no ideas. And Mike, you know, you're right. Tottenham Hotspur, we are a massive, massive club, and I think because of the way and um, the last few years have gone, I'm definitely undermining us now in terms of what our abilities in terms of who we can attract. Can you right. give us any confidence that we'll get right. better in terms of an appointment? No, to be honest. Like, for, for, firstly, there's one thing I will say in their in their defence, okay? The Roman and Ravic takeover, that's another club pushed in front. Chelsea are allowed to make managerial mistakes. They're allowed to make transfer mistakes. They've spent about a billion pounds worth of strikers over the years. Some have been great, some have been terrible. Tottenham don't always get an opportunity. Then Manchester City came along. So that's usually two clubs out of that Champions League top four. The problem Tottenham had when they got there, they stood still. And when you stand still at the top, you go one way, you go backwards. So when I was told about Grealish, that was done. Goalposts moved. Bruno Fernandes was in tears, said his goodbyes in Portugal in a Portuguese Super Cup match. He's top of every single chance he's created. People call him Fernandes. Stop talking nonsense. He's been Man United's best signing since Ferguson's left. Unbelievable. Creativity, scores goals a lot, was Tottenham's. You stand still, you go backwards every time. It's been the recruitment. And it's mm. now a very, 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 very average squad. And yeah. I don't mean, to, I, I hate being morbid, but it's all gone. It's pretty much all gone. All that hope. When Yama and Dembele in midfield with Ericsson just in front. What a midfield that was. We were turning up. What was it, 18 wins out of 19 one season when Tottenham finished second? You know, I don't always buy the thing about oh, you know, there's only one trophy. You know, sometimes the managers need to take responsibility. You know, I know everyone loves Poch, and I did, but he was bonkers to, to start Michel Ball in an FA Cup semi-final against Manchester United. Yep. It should have been yeah. Maurice. Yep. There's this weird obsession with playing your reserve goal in a Cup semi-final. You know, he made mistakes in Cup semis and finals. So it's not necessarily completely on the board all the time, but the signings have not been good enough. The whole recruitment has not been good enough. And the the chance to stabilise ourselves at that top table, I'm afraid, has gone. And it's going to take a long time to get yeah. that back. And just one thing on the stadium and people having a pop at it and saying it's a multi-purpose venue. Newsflash, that's modern world now, I'm afraid. And Spot on. You, you, you're going Spot to be, on. You're, you're a bit odd and bitter if you can't have been proud. I'm a boxing fan, so I was proud to see Usyk Joshua that night. It looked incredible. Mm. What doesn't yeah. help is that you look at the... Not lack of, probably the wrong word, but the poor investment on it in terms of the playing side. So you sort of lose that kind of passion and pride when you see it in the NFL and everything like that. That's what I get. But I think when people say, oh, we're just in a multi-purpose stadium now, well, that's, that's life. Arsenal will have Bon Jovi and Coldplay Cole for, for years at the Emirates. That's, that's yep. the way it is. The Super League Grand Final is played at Old Trafford. Let's, let's don't go overboard here, you know? Yep. So, you know, you, I'm proud to be in that stadium. But like I said on Sky the other day, 
best stadium in the world, but you can't eat a fillet steak with a plastic fork. The players spot are on. not good enough. Yep, spot spot on. On. Love it. Can I come around to you, Lee? I know you're, 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 you please make your point you're going to say, but before I do, yeah. um, I just want to get your reaction to this that we heard today. Now, we had um, we had Ketter Martin on from the Trust a couple of weeks ago um, where they were waiting to get an answer from the board in terms of them coming to speak to them. Now, um, again, it could be coincidence, it could be irony. One day, less than 24 hours after Martin and Kat came on this show, the club come back to them and said they would open dialogue with them, right? Um We've heard news today that this, this is from, let's say, the Tottenham Supporters Trust. Um, the Spurs hierarchy believes they have answered all the questions relating to the footballing side of the business after pressure from the THST to answer questions surrounding the vision of the club. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it, Lee. We've been here before that the board are culpable, culpable for a lot of what's gone on over the course of the last 24 months. You want to go back even further, you can do 30 months, 36 months, 48 months. Do you feel, in a way, they're also in as an impossible position as the next manager coming into this club to win the fans back? Because I've never known a situation where we are now where there is such a disgruntlement against the board, even to the point now where Daniel Levy's name, Levy out, was being chanted inside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yesterday. Do I just unmute myself there? It's not not often I'm lost for words as I was was at the beginning of the show. Um, yeah, I mean, just coming back to the point that uh, that Bridgie made before about recruitment. I mean, what season was it when we uh, when we we were? I think we were in and around the top four uh, under Harry Redknapp and uh, January transfer window, and we go and sign Ryan Nielsen. I mean, we, we needed a top draw striker, and we go and sign Ryan Nielsen. I mean, what what what? I can't remember what season it was, but this has been going on for years and years and years on that side of things as well. In terms of the vision. No, I have no idea what the vision is of the football club. I, I pay, um, and some people as well, most on social media, right? But some people think I'm some sort of, you know, like freebie prawn sandwich guy, right? I get for I don't. I pay my season ticket every single season, and my seats that I pay for every single game, seventy-five quid by the way, to sit in the south stand for that Manchester United game, uh, twelve hundred fifty quid a season that I pay on my season ticket. Plus, plus all, all the other bits and bobs that goes on. You know, I, I'm not a freebie guy at all. I pay my way and that's what I do. And as a paying fan, I want to be able to, um, you know, vent my frustrations and, and so on and so forth if I need to. I want to know as a paying customer, if that's the way they want to look at me, what am I paying for? What am I getting? Am I getting backwards, sideways, boring football every week and finishing eighth or ninth? Or am I going to get progressive front foot football and give it, give it a go? Because... I can stomach, I can stomach winning one nil to backward sideways rubbish. I can't stomach losing three nil, three nil, three one. You know, a defensive. We're letting in ten goals in four North, uh, four London derbies. You're having to laugh. Ten goals is ten one on aggregate. I think you said, didn't you, Rick? Uh, we scored one. We let yeah. in ten. Mm-hmm. But West Ham again in the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup, they're going to come to town. I am so doing? nervous. I'm so nervous yeah, about that exactly, game. Exactly. Terrifying. So, Terrifying. Coming back to the vision, coming back to answering the questions, I'm sorry, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, Tottenham Hotspur Board, you have not addressed the fans in, a, in the way that we expect. It might be a tick box exercise for you and you know, in, in, in some statement that you might have put out, but unfortunately you haven't come on to... And, and have a conversation with the trust. Come and have a conversation with some of the fans to understand where we are coming from. 
it isn't about wanting you know wishing people ill and and wanting people to to, to go to another country or you know get out of our club and all this sort of shouting and whatever this is just a passionate Tottenham Hotspur fan saying where is my club going well where, guys where would, are we would, going would it, uh, it's upsetting uh, uh, would, wouldn't it be nice wouldn't it be really nice to hear something from Joe Lewis anything you know, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll happily go across and spend a couple of days on his yacht in the Bahamas and I'll be as soft as I can with the questions. But come on, this ultimately is is the man at the, at the very top. I have never heard him share any never. sort of thing at never. all never. the club. And that's, I know Abramovich doesn't give a lot of interviews. Oh, he doesn't give any interviews, does he? But listen, he, he leads by example and he doesn't have to say too much because they win things. I want to hear what Joe Lewis wants from Tottenham Hotspur because ultimately he is the man at the top of the tree. Yep, I agree. Um, Mike, to come over to you, I, I know we discussed in terms of the the lack of quality in terms of this squad, but um, when you look at it this season, you know, we've got Romero, Emerson, Hill, who um, on the eye, they look maybe smart signings to join the likes of Kane, Son, Hoybier and others. And is it a case, Mike, where you do maybe think that a coach who can actually control parts of a game in terms of possessions will undoubtedly extract more from these players than a Nuno. Do you honestly believe that will get that initial reaction? I think I think Tottenham obviously are, are capable of better. But I have to be honest, Rick, and Tottenham didn't really keep the ball a lot under Jose Mourinho. I just don't think Tottenham have the players. They're, they're, not, they're not creators. They're, you know, Hybier uh, works hard, but... Is he just another Stefan Freund? I know that's harsh. I know that's harsh. But well, you're not, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not sure yeah. about him. And Skippy, who I love, you know, starting every single game. These aren't like Lucas is not a creator. Bergwijn is God no. You know, and this is Harry was top assist last season in the Premier League. Just incredible. Mad, Absolutely isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Tottenham can show more. But look, at the end of the day, going back to the Nuno situation, if 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 um, they do decide to act. I, I don't think anyone's going to... I think a few people might feel sorry for him, but I think there could be a general agreement that he's the wrong person. And I kind of feel that he knows that too. He's not animated. West Ham, second half, not animated. He said they were the better team. He doesn't believe that. There's no shots. No shots in the second half in a derby against West Ham. I think he knows as well. It's, I think the damage was... For me, as a non-journalist, as a fan, the damage for me was done at Arsenal. Yeah, that is the game. One hundred. That is one hundred. You can't and set up. Like I that. knew the second mm. that game kicked off, it was going to be a defeat. Yeah, like Romero on the bench. Let's be. That's you know, it's one positive. I I really am starting to like Romero. I yeah. really. He's looking and, good. And if we, yeah. if Spurs can get someone top class mm. next to him, I think yeah. we you, we've got two very very good centre yeah. halves. I like his. I like it. I like his cut. Yeah. I like, and he's a, he's an asshole as well. And I like yeah. that. I suppose needed need a bit of that. Yeah. I, I must um, just say, I must just say, Mike. As long as Romero doesn't wake up and realise where he is, I think we'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. But the thing, and this annoys me with this squad at the moment. Like the Celso, just loving being an Argentine and always smiling, but then just looks so miserable playing for Spurs. I just, yeah, you know, just the wrong, wrong, wrong signing, wrong so, so, so much wrong with this squad. It's just, yeah, it's just not great, is it? It's not a great no. squad. Yeah, I mean, you know, where we are at the moment is, you know, we're seeing fans also having a go at the players. But, I mean, let's be honest about it. I'm not sure at the moment, based on who was their manager in terms of Nuno, whether they could have done anything more to an extent. You know, they're, they're trying almost in a way, and I'm trying to put this politely, but they're, they're creating on their own 
and trying to come up with something. That's what it felt like. And, you know, people reference coming around to you, Marcus, you know, the 90s is a low point. But the sad thing is for me that we do still have some good players tucked away here. And, um, you know, no one really is getting a tune out of them, both individually, collectively. And, you know, I do worry, sadly, there'll be some players that don't ever find their way back because they've had the likes of a Mourinho and a Nuno. And mentally, that's a lot to take in. You know, I'm looking at the likes of a Winks, a Delhi, who I totally sympathise with those players, do need a fresh break. I'm not saying put them in a team every week. I acknowledge these players do need a move. Um, do you worry at all, Marcus, for the players, whether they're able to mentally attune themselves to yet another voice? In a dressing room, uh, obviously, it, you know you, you don't want to. Clearly, you don't want to be having a different manager telling you something different every six to nine months. But no, they're professional footballers. I, I, I think they should just. I'm sorry, you buckle down, you get on with it. Um, the bottom line is, if, if, if you're not quite good enough, then it, it doesn't matter who's telling you what to do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, I look at the team. Are we, I'm sure we're going to come on to what we think everyone did yesterday. I mean, Lloris just picked the ball out the net a few times. I, I don't know if he could be blamed particularly for any of the goals. Um, the only, funny enough, I, and I had not been convinced by him at all. I thought that Emerson Royale at least did his best to try and get up the flank, and he, not much came of it. But I thought, I thought he was at least trying to play in the way that I want to see a Spurs player play. The centre of the of the midfield that we've touched upon, it was so static. It was it was just mind numbing. Son Thank did his you. best. Kane is playing totally. I don't know where he's playing, what he is trying to mm. do. I, I know I've mentioned that before. Mora, yeah. I like, and I was part of the booing. I could not believe it. He could have taken just about anybody off, but not Mora. That, to me, I agree. The Arsenal game was the beginning of the end. Yeah. The substitution yesterday was the end for Nuno. Uh, yeah. And Sonny, I love Sonny to bits. And he has those days where he, he, his finishing is just a little bit wavered on the t- couple of half chances he had. He, it wasn't his day, but I thought he still worked hard. But, you know, so I'm probably going to get, and, and I agree with you about Romero. I think he's turning into it. I'm really excited mm. about him. Yeah. So we, we've got about, yeah, I, I'd probably give a ticks to three of the players yesterday. Um, but I don't want to give them excuses because they're having different managers <laughs> and different things. I'll go and play for Spurs. I'll, I'll be yeah. like, I didn't even, I wasn't even, I was too lazy to even run very much. But, uh, you know, if I'm playing for Tottenham, uh, it doesn't matter who's who's in charge. You go out there, it, come on. No, I don't, I don't agree with yeah. that. No, I mean, I must say, we had a load of comments coming in. Uh, just for the record, uh, it's not Alcoholics Anonymous here. You know, I'm on the water. I think Bridges on the water. I think Lee and Marcus have had to go for an alcoholic drink. I can't blame them uh, on the back of tonight. So uh, just, just to give that a reference. Um, but, um, just to finish up, guys, before we do, like I say, briefly look back on yesterday in terms of performances, um, we've discussed several kind of names, links, managers-wise. Um, Mike, the, the two fellow Portuguese managers that, um, for Lee's benefit, I don't ask Lee because he might mentally combust here if I mention <laughs> another Portuguese manager. Um, Sergio Contenchao and uh, our old friend uh, Fonseca, who um, we apparently offered the job to, then took it away from him. Then his wife posted on Instagram how much he was looking forward to coming over here. Then it didn't happen. Men had to get ahead around that. Um, do you see any way that our next manager is a Portuguese maestro at all, Mike? You know, Conceição's uh, agent is. <laughs> What's that? Say that good for me. Yeah, do you know who Conceição's agent is? Mendes. Mendes, isn't it? Men- Men- really? Well, there you go. There's your answer. If, if I speak, if I speak. Um, yeah, quite literally. No, I, I, no, I mean, I've got to be careful. I might have to interview him next week, but. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but look, this is an issue. The managerial situation out there to me looks yep. sick. This does, yep, totally agree. Yep, 
so much. I think they've just pulled Mike's lead at the moment. We will try and get uh, Mike back. And that is the reaction of a man there that is really worried about Spurs' uh, next managerial choice. Um, let's come... We're going to cut... Mike, do you want to finish off there? I mean, so at the moment, the links uh, to likes of Fonseca, Sergio Constantiao and... and at the moment, Antonio Conte, and your understanding, are they wider the mark, or is that very difficult to put my, a hinge on this second? My, my understanding is there's no there's no talk about anyone else. They, they, they've not they've not wanted to do this. Yeah, they've not wanted to do this. So from my understanding, you can, yeah, there's no there's no names out at the forefront at the moment. Yeah, and as, and as, I don't know if you caught what I said earlier. Uh, he, he's a Mendes agent. Yeah, yeah, I need to be careful. But as I say, the options around mm. the world for managers at the moment are stick thin, and do we as Tottenham fans? have faith that they're going to get it right because right down tonight Spurs fans how many managers they've got right and how many they've got wrong the, Louis, the, van was the, Louis van Gaal was the number one choice before Poch by the way but anyway you can get, yeah. you can get look, look you can get lucky sometimes like West Ham got lucky David Moyes was an interim before they they, they decided to go for Pellegrini David Moyes mm. has done a phenomenal job at West Ham. He has done a wonderful job there, yeah. And, yes. and that West, West Ham fans wanted golden Sullivan out. All of a sudden, West Ham looked like a top four team about to win every cup under the sun. Mm. So let's give him some credit. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is about managers. And in terms of this current one, he's not the right fit for Tottenham Hotspur. I think that's universally agreed. Yeah. He doesn't look like even he wants to be there. He's uninspiring in press conferences. Mm. And he's clearly uninspiring in players. And I'm sure... If you catch Harry Kane one day, and he's a, he's a gentleman, but he'll probably say he's not he's not my cup of tea either. Yeah, totally agree. Well, guys, listen, we are going to go for one of the breaks of the show. Um, we actually are going to play you during this break um, a Vitesse preview, and uh, we will come back later in the week um, on Vitesse in general because uh, by then we might actually know who the head coach is. Um, like I say, it's the most bizarre thing tonight of doing a show where you actually don't know who is in charge of your football club, but it's Tottenham. And um, as a Tottenham fan, you have to roll with these things. Hello there, last word on Spurs team. I'm Michael Statham from Football Aranya. Uh, we do Dutch football in the English language and you can find us on Twitter. We've got a website, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thanks for having me again. I'm here to preview um, the Spurs game again, aren't I? Spurs against Vitesse. Um, I watch Vitesse quite a lot. I watch a lot of the Eredivisie. Um, and I think that Tottenham can expect more of the same from the 1-0 win that they had in Arnhem. What a surprise that was, by the way. I didn't think Tottenham were going to go that weak uh, in, in that match, and, and they did. I, I don't know whether they'll do the same again, given that they're desperate for a result, aren't they? Uh, but anyway, from a Vitesse perspective, they'll certainly be playing that 5-3-2 again. They've just come um, into this one off the back of uh, another win away from home. They beat Head and Vane 2-1 in the last minute. Lois Appender, that pacey striker, scored two goals. And um, yeah, they're, 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 they've had a run of seven wins out of nine away from home, which is just an incredible run. Their only defeat coming to Ajax in that time. Um, I think they're going to be a different kind of side to the one that, that Tottenham played in Arnhem. And I only mean that really in, in the sense that they're not going to be going at Tottenham. They're very much going to be sitting back. They will be playing for free kicks, that kind of thing, which you may have seen in the last game. But um, th when they played Ajax and were away, I, I just didn't think that they had a good enough plan. I think that they'll, they'll use the Ajax game as a template for this one, knowing that they, they can't concede early to Spurs. They're going to have to keep it really tight for a long period of time um, and, and see how long they can last. Because no matter, I said this last time, but no matter what side Spurs put out, it's still going to be a challenge for Vitesse. You know, they're not Ajax or PSV. They're one of the teams in the sub-top, they call it in the Netherlands. 
so they um, are sort of in those places between third and seventh but a good team um, and I think that people that watched the game last week will have seen some of the, the, the good quality players that they have um, Maximilian Vitek the, the left back he scored the goal he'll be touch and go whether he plays this one he missed the game at the weekend perhaps as a precaution so he could make this one but if he's not playing I think that Tottenham will have a massive chance uh, looking down Vitesse's left side because their replacements aren't good enough they've got a centre back who's really slow and clumbersome who can end up playing at left wing back or they put a midfielder there um, Vitek is the answer if they can get him fit I think he will be though and um, you're still going to see Richard Lebezer play um, the guy who just seems to be everywhere despite starting in, in centre of defence he was good again against Head and Vane he was desperate to try and get him to win um, got him over the line in the end and the other player that we're back into the team from the weekend is Matish Beto their captain midfielder he'll be playing next to Tronstad as a sort of extra defensive wall in front of the back five um, yeah the, the team will be largely the same apart from that they're, they're, they'll be playing a mix of that sort of front three which doesn't really have any wingers it may include Jan Jabot, the French midfielder or um, a mix of three strikers which has done on a few occasions this, t- this season for Vitesse I think going for a prediction then for this one I didn't really expect Vitesse to beat, beat Tottenham I just thought that the Spurs would grab a goal and they never really looked like getting it I know they hit the bar but they, they, didn't look, they didn't look threatening enough at all and I know that they've not been they've not been, they've been the same in the league as well with their strongest players. Um, but I think they'll create chances this time against Vitesse, and eventually they'll get a goal in the first half. And I think they'll see to see a comfortable win, two 0 three 0 So I think I think if Vitesse do get a result and they do get a draw or win, then they should be really favoured to try and get through that group, and they'll they'll qualify over Tottenham, which will be massive massive for a Dutch club a medium sized Dutch club doing this well it's incredible so uh, well, let's, let's see what happens in London on, on Thursday and I, I, I won't be at the game but I'll be at the uh, Zoom press conference after the game so if anyone wants to hear a reaction from Tottenham players for tests manager that kind of thing do check out Football and Anya we'll have some content for you after the game but yeah if, if anyone's interested we have Dutch football in the English language called Football Aranya. My name's Michael Statham. You can find us all on Twitter. But we are going to take a look back now on the Man United game. I must say a massive thank you again. We've got nearly over 1,800 of you watching us live right now. Um, quite a staggering figure. Thank you ever so much. So, like I say, guys, sorry to do this to you, but it is time to look back at United, some of the key aspects of that game. Um, ahead of the game, team news broke. Uh, we saw Regulon dropped for Davis and Dombele dropped for Lo Celso. Um, then we saw obviously taking Lucas off where maybe he shouldn't have done. Um, took him six weeks in Southern Nuno maybe to find his best formation. I mean, it's it's suggested coming over to you, Lee. Let's start with you on this because, um, you know, Davis and Lascelles are coming in, already sent the airwaves around. It felt like a suggested safety first approach from Nuno. Did you as a fan confidence go automatically down when you saw that starting lineup? Um, I mean... I was going to say, I don't want to pull, uh, d- dig anyone out, but we're about to do it, so we may as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, Ben Davis. Uh, the first, first thing I see Ben Davis on the thing, I'm thinking, okay, so that's defence first rather than pro- progressive going forward. Um, I, I couldn't understand, not that I think that there's much between the two players, but I couldn't understand why Tunga and Dembele didn't start. 
on the basis that, you know, it started the previous three Premier League matches. So I'm thinking, OK, let's get some consistency in the team, um, you know, but but he didn't. Um, and yeah, I mean, when, when you're looking at the, it's not necessarily the, the playing staff outside of them two. It's the, it's the way we set up. You know, you, everybody knows that I love Pochettino, right? And sorry to reference him, but he wrote in his book that he knew how Tottenham's result was going to be in the first, what, five minutes of a game or two minutes of a game, whatever he wrote. And we I all mean, know yeah. that. Right? We, can, we, we can watch Tottenham and you know exactly yeah. how it's going to yeah. go within the first 30, 40 seconds or two minutes of a football match. And that, that was how it was straight straight away. I mean, you know, you've come off the back of a West Ham uh, um, defeat where you haven't had a shot on target in the second half v West Ham. And then you're coming into this and you're thinking, full stadium, 62,000 people, Man United on the back foot. They've just had a drubbing. Let's go at them. Let's start fast, like a train, like I say, get in their faces and let's get nothing. Completely flat. I mean, I just, I, I just... That, that was the most worrying thing for, for, for me, Rick. And, you know, when, when you look at some of the goals, I'm sure we'll get into it, but, you know, skip miscontrol. It was a woeful part, pass from uh, Emile Hall, uh, uh, Pierre um, uh, in, in the first place. He had he also had a long crossfield ball, forward pass, by the way, on. There was, uh, I can't remember, it might have been Bergwijn actually screaming for it, saying, have, have some, but he decided to go short and backwards and sideways uh, to skip. He miscontrolled it, put him under pressure. See you later. You know, so you know, you, you look at you look at the, the first goal, the Ronaldo goal. Kane, zero energy. He, he didn't care that it was Maguire running running into the final third of the pitch. Didn't care. He didn't even go after him. He didn't chase him. He just let him go. And then and then, and then the ball comes back into the middle, uh, middle of the pitch, ends up being Fernandez. Uh Davis gets caught under that header. Ronaldo's Ronaldo, mate. He's world class. Bang, back of the net. I mean, these, these are just basic errors and mistakes. I mean, the third guy, I don't even have to talk about it. It's just absolutely horrific. Uh, Emerson was, uh, I think Romero's playing as a right back. Emerson was like miles up the pitch. He couldn't even get back in time. You know, the people were looking around at each other going, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know what was going on there. Even the Ronaldo goal that was ruled offside, Eric Dyer fell over the ball nearly. You know, these, these are, and this, this, is, this is meant to be a well-drilled, well-defensive unit type team. Yet we're getting absolutely torn apart by a team that hasn't won a Premier League game since September the 13th, right? Yeah. They've conceded game after game after game after game. And guess what? They kept a clean sheet. I mean, you couldn't write this stuff. You couldn't yeah. write it. And this is why it's such a passionate show tonight, because it's, it's not it's not about it's not about moaning and having a go and swearing and all that. It's just this is how everybody right now is feeling. I'm summing it up for everyone. I'm sorry if you're not feeling like this, but I'm summing it up. Mm. It's just, it is, it is, we are devoid of all things that we can go and have. We need somebody to come in this football. I'm going to say it. We need somebody to come in this football club, put an arm on and go, do you know what? Let's go and have a go. Let's go and get on the front foot. I would have Harry Redknapp back in our football club tomorrow. Come and have a go. Like somebody's experienced to say, do you know what? I know it's an injury manager like Glenn Oddle, you know, or Harry Redknapp or somebody to come and say, Imagine Harry giving the, just taking the shackles off of this team and say, "Go on, go and have a go." That's what we need, and it's just not happening with Nuno. Yeah. It's the performance yesterday from individual players—they're just Rick. They're not interested, Rick. They are not interested. That means that they've lost. They're lost in the dressing room. Yeah, Kane's picking it up. I've got a, fear, a quick theory on Kane. I promise I'll shut up. Yeah, no, that's fine. Go on. 
Well, do you want to say for the Kane? Go on, go for it, go for it. Go Sterling, Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw, um, Harry Kane, uh, four, four, five, um, Rafina, four, five, six, uh, Harrison, sorry, not Rafina, Harrison, four, five, six of the players that were outstanding for England. Sit four, five, six of the players that got to the England final in England, and all of them have started either badly or injured or not match fit or whatever it might be. I know Harry Kane's had his head turned. I know the whole Man City thing. Of course, that's going to have an effect, but it's not just about the Man City thing. It's also about that stuff as well. You you can't look at Sterling and Maguire and Shaw and say they've had outstanding seasons so far because they yeah. haven't. That, that yeah. has to be a hangover as well. We have to get over as fans, as a football club, we have to get over the Champions League. We have to get over the pot chain here anymore and we have to move on. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm one of the worst people for it, but until we, we move on, we end up being like Newcastle talking about Rafa Benitez all the time when they've got three or four other managers. Yeah. You know, managing them. Are you with me, lads? And yeah, I, I agree with you. I took move yeah. on. Mm, I do agree. Um, on the screen, we've just got to give a reference to these points here. Um, Felix says, Wayne Rooney should be our head coach. He'd bring back that aggression. Um, do you know what? I'm not quite sure... Our fan base of what we've gone through over the last 24 months. If you suddenly bring Wayne Rooney in as our next head coach, I think even Bridget would have to consider turning up for work tomorrow morning. Bridget, what do you reckon? <laughs> I can see Bridget's face there. I, I, even you, Mike, I don't know if you could stomach putting that one live on air. Um, fans I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's got problems at Derby, but I think it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd turn up here and say, you know what? I think I prefer it in Derby. I think it's that, I think it's that shambolic. Um, Faz on the screen says there, should we now fully aim to win the Europa Conference League? Do you know what, Faz? We will answer that for you on our next show. Me personally, at the moment, um, things should be going for all the cups. That might change depending on who the manager is, I've got to say. Um, Let's come around to you, Marcus, before we go back around to Bridgie. Marcus, um, in the game itself, there had been some pinball where Spurs failed to clear the ball. Uh, Bruno then lofted a ball, a world-class volley from Ronaldo. And I think, um, I said this to you actually before we went on air, Marcus, that um, the minute I saw Davis in that team, I feared that there was no way for 90-plus minutes he was going to keep Ronaldo quiet and simply caught out of the back post, not deserved, but a well-taken goal. And um, Ronaldo's 11th goal against Tottenham, and you, this won't come as a surprise to you, more than any other team, obviously. Marcus, take it away. Well, it's, it's always Tottenham on top of those lists, isn't it? The moment he didn't get sent off in the Liverpool game, I thought, oh, OK, he'll score. He'll definitely score um, on Saturday, and he did. Uh, to be honest, I, this is very poor because I should prepare thoroughly for um, being on a show like this. When Spurs are as bad as they were yesterday, I find it very hard to watch the highlights. It normally takes me two or three days, then I'll sit down and, and deep analyse exactly when... Oh, don't apologise. Please don't apologise for not watching I, that back. Please don't. I, I saw it at, at live and it was bad enough at the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, the key point that one of you guys made is that the one thing about Nuno is we're meant to be very defensively sound and quite clearly we are anything but defensively sound, which further defeats the whole object of having a manager like that in charge. So... Uh, yeah, no, and I, I've mentioned the one to eleven lineup, and I look at it, and I've said, I mean, you know, Loris, I uh, still, I know, I, I think Loris has come, you know, he was fantastic for France recently. I still, I'm, I'm very happy to keep Loris. I think we've all agreed that Romero is definitely uh, the guy who hopefully will build our defence over the next couple of years. I don't know what you'll think of of um, uh, Emerson Royale. Uh, he's by no means the finished art, finished article, but I do think. If we're going to go more on a front foot approach, he's the sort of fullback that might yeah. play a part in that, definitely. 
it's this, it's that midfield area, you know, the holding midfield players. I, I mean, I like Hoybien. Of course, all the managers have been there, picked him every single week. But I actually watched him yesterday. Blood and guts and all the rest of it. Very honest, you know. You, you want a player like that in your in your squad, but for the first time, I, I just questioned a little bit about the actual quality levels, but I hate to criticise him because he does give his all and he tries to get everyone around him to do that. And I feel sorry for Skip too because he's gone off and had a brilliant loan spell at Norwich. Yeah. Come back, and I'm not quite sure why he has been played in every single game. And I think, you know, he's still got a future at the club, but yeah, so there's question marks there. And in front of yeah. that, I mean, we, we, we know what Mora can do. We know what he can't do. We know what Song can do. I'm, I'm sorry about the Celso. My son, my younger son, had his shirt last year with the name on the back. I said, why, Luca? He loved him. Even he has said that was a mistake. He's yeah. now got Anganga on the back of his shirt this season. Anganga. I know. I'm not sure if we walk through for him now. He's always injured, so he's, he's got a, a dodgy selection. He'll become yeah. my manager, probably. And, and then up front, I just want to see Harry Kane in the opposition penalty area. I don't want to see him hugging the bloody touchline or, or yeah. playing as a central defender. Please, oh, put four goals. Amen. Totally agree. Um, Bridgie, let's come over to you. Um, you picked up on this earlier, but I must ask you about this because um, I know you probably would have had the same reaction as me, right? Ben Davis being given the nod at left back instead of Sergio Regulon. And he had a lot coming down that flank with um, Aaron Wambasaka moving forward regularly during that game. Um, we saw Ronaldo peel off him just before half time to volley home that opener. After the game, uh, Nuno came out and said, We tried to improve what was missing. Ben Daver, Ben Ben Daver, and then we go go Ben Daver. Uh, ben Davis gives us a bit more consistency. <laughs> Bridgie, please help me unscramble that. You've been on the beers, Rick. Uh, I need to ask this. I don't, can, can you understand that? Did he give it? You know what? What has convinced Nuno in that game or any game for, for Ben Davis? Bless him. You know, it's no disrespect to Ben Davis. Davis, bless him. I don't know how he's still at Tottenham. That's no disrespect to him as a person. But um, was that ever going to work, Bridgie? Ninety minutes plus against Ronaldo. Was that ever going to work? No. I mean, it's not, I'll be completely honest with you. When I saw the teams, I'm a big fan of Rafael Varane. I think he's a really good signing. Um, of course, he comes back against Tottenham. I think he makes Maguire 10 times more comfortable. <laughs> he makes Maguire 10 times better. Um, <laughs> sorry, Rick. I'm just reading, I'm re- no, I'm no. reading these comments. Do you know <laughs> <laughs> This does sum up our club, bend over. Yeah, yeah, that's what the Spurs, that's what the Spurs have been doing in London derbies, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Bending so, over uh, for the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, at Quite least literally. we've had a laugh. At least, at least we've had a laugh. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it, I, when I saw the teams, I I, I strongly said to me, I'm really like Cavani. I think he's dreadfully underused at Manchester United. And I saw I saw Varane come back, and then it was interesting. Oli played the back three, and he sort of took a. Will he? Won't he? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. We got you, Bridgie. We got you. Got me. Yeah. Uh, no, I just, I just knew it was. It's, it's like typical Tottenham. Tottenham's the next game. It's like it's always a good time to play. About it was a bad time to play him, wasn't it? So, um, yeah. yeah. But I've said to a couple of United fans, I mean, you know, it's not really a barometer of how if you've improved since losing to Liverpool. You're always going to beat this Tottenham side. It's yeah. it's just so poor. It's a, it really is. It's not good, well, is it? It's not. We, good. we we all said Doctor Tottenham, didn't we? We, we all said Doctor Tottenham. We'll see you now before this game. Lee, let's come over to you. Um, Bergvine on for Lucas. Booze for that decision inside the stadium, um, and that led the Spurs supporters to chant. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo. You don't know what you're doing. 
Um, Lucas Moura, a lot of running down that right early on, picked out some of a lovely ball over the top and was hooked after eight minutes after the restart. And then the chase didn't go down well, as we mentioned. Uh, Bergvon operating on from the left on the day, but he just couldn't have an impact on the game. Um, based on the reaction inside that stadium with that change, Moura, Bergvine, was there enough from either of them really in that game to give you confidence moving forward? They're going to be an attacking outlet? No. Uh, not at all. And uh, the, the, we're not going to be an attacking outlet under Nuno Espirito Santo. We're not. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, as we know. Yeah. Exactly that. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, well, to be fair, they might have been, but I don't think the crowd would necessarily boo Bergwijn coming on. I think Bridgie said earlier, I think it was the fact that they were taking off Lucas Moura like a like for like. I think it's, you know, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. Like, this is the thing. So Bergwijn coming on for Lucas is basically the same thing. Do you, do you see what I mean? It's like, you know, you've got to try and do something different. Maybe bring on Bergwijn, move Lucas down the middle, you know, where he where he scored a hat-trick, for example, against Ajax one one time. I don't know. Maybe that's just a silly me being stupid. But, you know, do something different. Change it up a little bit. Put an extra attacker on. Take a defensive person off if you're one or two nil down, right? One nil down, go, go for it a little bit more. But it just... Bergwijn for me, when he first came into the Premier League, you know he was he was on he was on pace to burn at, at PSV. He come in, he's young, he was enthusiastic, he was he was raw raw talent, and and he just came in and he and he scored against City, and he was like, here we go, let's let's go for it. And I have to say, you know, under Jose Mourinho, I think he just got all of that attacking prowess and that confidence and that kind of rawness just ripped away from him. You know, and he was almost playing as, you know, at times he was almost playing as a wing back, even though he was on as a as a as a winger. Um, I think that the I think the chance against Liverpool and the and the the abuse he suffered certainly on social media, I think that that's hit him, that hurt him. You know, we, we, anybody gets abused on social media or whatever, it hurts anybody, you know, especially a, you know, a confidence where he knows if that goes in, you know, we, we still stay top of the league and you know it, it could be a different season. So I think all of them things have affected him. Um, but again, I agree with Bridgie. I think, you know, some of these players need to move on for their own careers. And also they need to move on from a Tottenham perspective as well for us to get better. Um, you know, they, they need to move on. The Winks, the Deli Alley. I mean, I, I love Deli Alley. Everybody that knows the show knows how much I love Deli Alley. But you can't ignore what's staring you in the face. The guy's worked his absolute backside off in the summer. He's got an eight pack. He ripped to pieces. He looks fantastic. And he's fit. Yeah, he can't even get in the side, and this is a poor Tottenham side. How, how is that working? He's, he's mm. just not—he's just not at the races with us anymore. Yeah, there, you there. Know, and I know. Sorry, you were talking about uh, Burnley, yeah. but it's—it's it's, it's all of—it's it's them sorts of, if you like, fringe yeah. players. You know, they—you know—they they should be walking into this team, not being on the fringe. If that's my point, I suppose. Yeah, uh, talk about players that are walking in the team at the moment, quite literally. Uh, we'll come back around to you, Marcus. Uh, Oliver Skip. Now, um, we you suggested earlier that he had, a, he had a tough task in the middle of the park with Fernandes really pulling the strings for United. He lost the ball to the Portuguese international midway through that second half and it resulted in Cavani doubling their lead, subbed off a few minutes later. And this is again a case, Marcus, that, you know, a player being really overused. Mm. It's just it's just his first season in that Tottenham side. He's just come off the back of a of a of a season on loan at Norwich um in the championship I must add and we see what Norwich are happening now with them. But surely with Skip and I really like him but I've got another fear that we're gonna end up burning out this kid not only physically 
but mentally as well. We've yeah. got to find a way, haven't we, of giving an alternative there so there is a bit of a refresh and he's not being put in a situation every game where, and I think he's looked really good so far this season, but games like yesterday happen when there isn't a rotation. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I wonder if, if Nuno is thinking, you know, I'm, I can appease the Spurs fans by including a, a Tottenham youngster every week. Is that is that the way to try and get the fans on board? I, I don't know. But yeah, he's a very talented young player, but you're absolutely right. You, you, you don't want to run him into the ground and you don't want to mentally burn him out of what obviously is a difficult stage in the season. But perhaps it goes back to what we're saying. There's not a lot of options at, at the moment either. And um, this is where you still, and, and you're quite right, we, we always go back to that. That was a great stat, was it, Lee? Was it 528 days when we didn't sign somebody? Um, yeah, yeah, 518. It's, it's drilled in my head from Chris Cowling, so I know, 518 days. I hadn't mm. actually heard, I knew it was a long time. I, I didn't realise it was that long. Um, but, you know, I think we are, that we're still ruining yeah, and I remember at the time, of course, people go, oh, maybe this is the way forward now. You've got a winning team. It's, this is clever. No, we, everybody knows Ferguson. Sir Alex Ferguson always said, didn't he, at the end of a year when they won the league, what was the first thing he'd do? He would reinvent. He'd bring in a couple of players, move a few on. That's what you had to do. And I still think we are we are playing, or paying, I should say, for that. Um, I hope I hope you're wrong, Ricky. I hope that, that Skip gets better, learns from this. He looks like he's a tough enough guy to do that. Yeah. But yeah. yesterday was uh, was a bit of a shocker, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, just on the comment screen, screen there, yeah, look, we know Skippy is hardly the problem. My, my concern is that the overusage of him this season, um, that, that's the concern. And they're going to have to find no. a way around that. Oh, he is not the problem at all. He's a very no. young player. And I Absolutely not. Yeah. Comes, and I think he can. Don't, yeah. don't But, you know... Totally agree. Take him out yeah. of the firing line occasionally. Yeah. He's also, he's also up against McTominay as well in there, who's also a youngster, who's maybe he's got more experience than Skip. But, you know, he could have handled him. So, I, again, you anal- go back and look at the goal and analyse some of the performance from Skip. And the the balls that he was being played, you know, mm. for him, to, it's certainly for the, for the goal where he, he, he looked a bit clumsy. Let's be honest about it. He looked a bit clumsy. But actually, if you go back, rewind the tape essentially and watch it back again, yeah. it is because the team decided to not go forward and go backwards sideways. It puts yourself under pressure. And, yeah. and actually, if you look at the game for the first 15 minutes, United were pressing so quick, so hard. Fair play to them. But so therefore, surely the players must know that that's happening, going to happen throughout the game. You need to be able to adjust especially the manager, maybe change something mm. tactically, put an extra body in there for the first 15, 20 minutes or whatever it might be to, to have a look at that. Maybe give some different options. Yeah. But going short and going backwards and sideways when you're being pressed so hard is not a tactical way of of, of getting a result in the game. And, and, and we lost 3-0. So there yeah. you go. Totally agree. Um, I'm conscious of time, guys. We are going to try and close this out in the next 10 minutes or so. I do assure, like I say, the audience of that and our, like I say, the guys on the screen here as well. Um, Pierre Mihoyebier, coming over to you, Bridgie, um, battled in that midfield of the pitch, but, you know, did play skip into trouble with his slide, with his pass leading up to Cavani's goal. Um, I felt his comments after the game were quite interesting. He said it's unacceptable at home where there should be fireworks, determination and character being pushed really highly. Um, you could put my cleaning lady as the coach and I'll give my all. It should be the same for everybody. It wasn't there. I better not say too much. He's clearly very, very unhappy as to what's going on in that dressing room. But I've actually seen recently, and you actually picked it up on as well, Mike, that, you know, he's getting some criticism as well now, Hoybier. Do you think it's a case where I've said this a lot this season, that for me, um, he's been asked to do four to five people's jobs in that midfield 
and just doesn't have the support? Or is it anything more sinister for you, Mike, in terms of Hoybier's ability overall? Because I've had people say to me, you know, um, you look at Wanyama Dembele, he wouldn't get anywhere near this side. What, what's your thoughts on Hoybier? Well, Dembele was special. And I, I think, um, you know, I don't think Dembele realised how good he actually was. Um, you ask any player, he was their favourite player to play alongside. Wanyama was just a very, very good signing. And then the problem with him was um, when he got injured, he, it took him quite a long time to recover. For me, I don't know, I'm, I'm happy to admit this, I, I, I'm still not sure how good Hoybier actually is. Um, there's many things I admire him for, his commitment, absolutely 100% his work rate, but that doesn't win you trophies. And, uh, you know, I, I was a bit miffed when I had a few Southampton diehards say, say to me, I'm not really that bothered, to be honest. And, you know, so it's a difficult one for me, really. I just think the quality, does he, how many, does he get in Leicester's team? You know, this is this is where Spurs have dropped really over the last few years. And uh, you know, Skippy's going to be great. He's going to be he's certainly a good squad player. But every single game, no, there's no no there's no one else. I think this um, Saar I'm hearing from the uh, yeah France-based journalist I spoke to. That's a very good signing for Tottenham. You said that time, yeah. You said that, yeah. Looking looking forward to him next season. But they need so much more. And I think this is the one podcast where we have to be morbid because. It has been so bad, and I hate being like this, but I genuinely don't know how long it will take for me to feel good again about the, the squad. It's, I just don't rate many of the players. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't rate them. Uh, I, I just just don't think they're at that level anymore. And, you know, even though I don't really care what rival clubs are doing at the moment, because there's so much bad going on at, at my current club. And, you know, people were laughing at Arsenal spending. And, yeah. But, I don't know. I think Benjamin White and, and Ramsdale could turn out to be actually decent signings for this for that football club. They've got Smith Rowe looks looks quality. I just, you know, and 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 if a new manager comes in, look, the the, the players and squad right now are shot to bits. They need something else. It's not Nuno. They need something else. Yeah. They lack any any sort of direction. And if you look at the fixtures coming up. Favourable. I'm not being arrogant in that sense, but they look okay. They look win- some look winnable. But just how good is this squad? And whatever manager comes in, how much better can he make them? Because I still say it's a bang average squad. And if Tottenham Hotspur finish seventh or eighth or ninth this season, sounds about right. Lee, let's let's come round to you. Um, Eric Dyer in the right place to block Cavani's effort early on, but got a bit lucky with Ronaldo's second goal being disallowed after failing to cut out the press. But um, one player that I think we're all actually enjoying seeing at the moment, I'm not sure how much he's enjoying playing, um, is Christian Romero. He battled well up against Ronaldo on the day in that first half for Tottenham and had a goal ruled out for the offside following a late flag. Um, struggled after the break. He just couldn't cut Ronaldo's pass for the second and was out of position at right back for the third. But... Overall, in terms of um, this pod and trying to look to the towards the future and for positives, is Romero one of the more brightest aspects? What we've got to look forward to to come? Yeah, de- definitely. I think so. I mean, you know, you can be with the um, you know with balance. You could say he was at fault for um, the third goal because he was out of position. You could say that he was at fault for the goal against West Ham. Um, uh, you could say that he was at fault for uh, one of the goals against Chelsea. He's still finding his feet, but I think that I think we all agree that he he this guy can be absolutely brilliant for for us, um, especially if you get another a partner with him. I think Bridget mentioned it earlier as well. Um, j- just coming back to the players that we got in terms of bang average squad and that type of stuff, I think that 
if you get a coach that actually coaches the players, there is some there is something to work with there. Not not in all players, right? Do not get me wrong. But if we're talking about Hugo Lloris, who's still, in my opinion, one of, one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, and then you talk about Romero, who we're just talking about, who could be, you know, I've seen some of the comments on there, could be a, a, a Alf, uh, Virgil van Dijk, or certainly up there in the top five uh, um, defenders. You know, you've, we've already got world-class striker in, in, in Harry Kane. If we can get him back f- firing, we've all, already got a world-class forward in terms of him and Son, in my opinion. You know, so, so you look at the nucleus, if you like, of the side. Regulon, if he was coached, if he was coached, we used to call Poch the fullback, or you did, but you used to call him the fullback whisperer. Now, if you had somebody that would come in and, and give them that, you know, uh, Emerson coached, if it, he's only 22, this lad. You know, Brian Hill is 21. Is you know, can, can they be coached better? Because I would argue, with the greatest respect, trophies galore, absolute legend in terms of some of the football clubs that he's managed. But does he coach players? Jose Mourinho, he may or may not, but does he coach them? Nuno, what I'm seeing so far, couldn't. He's not coaching anyone, or they're not listening to him. He's already lost the dressing room. Having somebody to come in and actually coach them and drive an extra five or ten percent out of these players, like you said before, Rick. You know, if we'd have beat Man United, we're in the top four. It's, it's quite quite ironic. So you know, if you forget league position for a minute and say like style of football, this is what I come back to: front foot football and the values of the football club. Get that right first. Get a manager in that's progressive and wants to play front foot football because we will win more games than we lose. Then you can start to coach players in that way. People start enjoying it. They start having haircuts. They start having smiles on their faces. All of a sudden, it becomes very, very different. I know I'm being a bit jovial there, but having a smile on your face when you go to work makes a huge difference. You know, and at the moment, we're going through a very, very tough time. So I would say that there is, there's no green shoots under Nuno. That, that is, under Nuno, sorry. There's no yeah. green shoots of like recovery. But, yeah, but hence, I, hence the depart- hence do, departure. Yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. But I do believe, Rick, that there can, there could be with some of these, uh, with, with some of the players that we've already got, some of the yep. signings that we made, some of the people that we we got out of the club in the last transfer window. The problem that we have is, that, you know, it's it's a, it's October, it's November tomorrow, right? Happy Halloween, by the way. So this is a is a horror show yesterday, wasn't it, everybody and and few of the listeners? But look, look the yeah. reality is, is that we can't do anything until January anyway, right? We can't uh, in terms of transfer window, and even in January, are we going to go big? That, that's always been the question with the board. Probably not. We we have a we have a long legacy of not spending loads and loads of money. Certainly in January, Steve Hitchin don't like January transfer windows. We already know that. So so the, so the reality is that that's a toughie. That's a toughie to look at. And, and then we get to the summer. By that point, as Bridgie said, we finish eighth or ninth. All of a sudden, we're out of Europe completely. See you later, Kane. He's definitely not sticking around another year. And then we've got we've got all that mess to to, to work out. So. So I think that from an optimistic or, a, um, uh, you know, a positive perspective, I think if we can get a manager in that can coach the players, and this is with the Ryan Mason, the point you made earlier, I wouldn't mind seeing Ryan take over the hot seat for, for, for a few weeks or whatever, steady the ship, but he's not going to coach the players, is he? With the greatest respect, what can Ryan Mason teach Harry Kane? How, yeah. how can he coach no, that, that, that is a great point. And, yeah, and, no, and that, that's, that's, that's the bit yeah. that, and I don't want to be horrible, but, you know, mm-hmm. This is the point that I think we've all made on the show earlier under Jose is that they were thriving. They were thriving under Jose Mourinho because they could learn other stuff and whatever. But a lot of the other players didn't fancy it. You know, Lo Celso or uh, Tungo Ndombele or Deli Ali or 
you know, all these other players that didn't thrive under Jose's world. You need somebody that's going to come in, have a look at the team, the squad. I mean, if let's be honest with ourselves, the eleven that he picked prior to the Man United game, the eleven that he picked against uh, the three previous games, we'd have all picked that virtually there or thereabouts. We'd all pick that based on what we've got. So the new manager coming in has to pick probably that as the best eleven, but he needs to coach them. And he needs to coach them and get another five percent, another six percent, another ten percent out of them with energy, with enthusiasm, with front foot, with let's go, let's have a go, let's go after it, let's get some fun and enthusiasm and energy in this team. Because if I if they get that, we might get a rise of four, five, six, seven percent. And yeah. all of a sudden that that the difference at this level, that's yeah. a that's a three-nil win versus a two-nil defeat. And and, yeah. and and that's what I that's what I think we need to do in the short term. Yeah, I think for all of us mentally, uh, we are going to end very quickly on Harry Kane and then, like I say, close the show. But before we do, just a quick uh, mention of some of these players. Like I say, we always discuss every single player that played the game. Um, so Emerson Royale got forward a lot early on, but couldn't really help make an impact in terms of United's third goal. Was nowhere to be seen for United's second as Edison Cavani had acres of space to run through on goal. Lacelso recalled to the team in the league in place of Ndombele, couldn't pull the strings in that number 10 role, a real wasted opportunity to release Son clean through on goal just after the break. Deli Alley entered the frame of 18 minutes left after his Burnley admission last time out. I've just on that very quickly, um, I'm just not sure what you're gonna get from Deli Alley after you've dropped him out of the last two subsequent squads. Is he gonna really come on and change the game for you? Uh, you guys, I'd say you better judge that. You let me know if you want personally. But uh, Hummin Son had his Spurs, his first ever attempt on goal. It was deflected wide and then a shot over from a tight angle after Lucas played him in. An extra touch did allow Wan-Bissaka to get back in the first half, but the linesman did raise his flag up. Shot wide with another effort at the start of the second half. And then on Harry Kane, uh, Harry looked more like his old self early on with a lot of pressing and played a fine ball through to Hummin Son long before half time, only for the linesman then to raise his flag. Failed to really trouble David De Gea and still way off his best currently. Um, Spurs head coach Nuno Espirito Santo, after the game, defended Harry Kane after he was booed by a section of the Spurs fans. And he said, it's not about one player. It's a problem for us all. Um, Harry Kane, we're going to finish on this. Let's start with you, Marcus. Harry Kane, any concerns? Just the one Premier League goal for Harry so far this season. And for you guys listening to this, you're in November. Mm. We're in unprecedented times now for Harry Kane. Have you got concerns over what the rest of the season holds for Kane in terms of his goal-scoring record? Well, yeah, because he's all about records. He's all about scoring goals. I think it's a really good point that I think Lee made earlier that several of the England players have got a little bit of a malaise after what happened um, in the Euros during the summer. He's a pro. I I don't buy into, oh, he's sulking, he's not trying. I I think he is. But, you know, subconsciously, I think we've all been in whatever walk of life that we have been in sometimes when you're not feeling great inside you don't quite produce the same sort of performances even though you want to uh, I'm intrigued to know whether any of you would, would be open to the prospect of selling Harry Kane in the January transfer window if Manchester City based on another disappointing defeat yesterday suddenly think well hang on a minute okay maybe we will come in um, with, with the money that Levy wants I mean, then I would accept what you were saying earlier, Ricky. We really are probably putting our season to bed. But there's always a danger that Harry will pick up one of his injuries at some stage anyway. I'm intrigued to know what Tottenham fans think about maybe selling Kane in January. Because, uh, yeah, at the the moment, you know, it's it's sad. It's sad to see where he's playing, 
how he's playing and the fact that he is not scoring goals. And I and I and the saddest thing of all was for me to hear a lot of people yesterday yeah. finally get vocal against him midway through the second half. Yeah. I mean, this is the same guy that, you know, for the last four or five years, he's been the club's top scorer, scoring in some big games. Of course, yeah, not the finals. I know I've got to add that, um, you know, I've got to say that because I've said it before, Bridgie, on your channel, where Sky, that, you know, I've always said with Kane, he's been brilliant, but maybe he hasn't turned up in the finals. Just in reference to your question, Mark, because I wouldn't sell him on the basis that we've only got Dane Scarlett, who's not even a, a you know, a striker. Well, I say he's a striker, he's a striker but, you know, senior-wise, I, I think we said about that kid that I'm really worried for him. Bridgie, over yeah, to you. What do you think about Harry Kane? No, I mean, look, if we bring, if, if, if someone comes in and Kane just starts scoring goals again, you know, he... He's got a belter for England against Poland. I just, I don't think he thinks much of Nuno, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I, I don't think he, we know he's not really happy and he, he doesn't feel, I think Lee makes a great point on the England players, actually. I mean, Jaden Sancho has been appalling for Man United, but, you know, I think that's a very important point. It's mental hangover. They didn't really have much of a break, even if you think about the England players. So it's a really good point I think Lee's made there. And I don't go along the notion that he's completely down tools. I, I saw you're a striker down in tools, you just stay up front, wouldn't you? I saw a lot of running. There's just there's no cohesion with anyone around him. That's the way I see it. The way I see it, Tottenham have two world-class players, and I don't want to sell one of them in January. And and you know, when you buy something and then supermarket, there's a yellow sticker on there. It's you know, you sometimes get a nice discount. I don't think I still don't think Harry Kane should go for it any less. But um, January is a really hard window as well. I I call it the relegation window. So anyone who's going to start throwing Loads of players in, like, we need this, we need that, we need this. It's, it's not going to happen in January. And Newcastle United are gonna, we're going to look at that as well. Um, trust me, you know, it's not an easy window. Um, can I say, Bridget, I, I, I yeah. was going to ask you, can we have you on in January <laughs> for the relegation? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's it's, it's going to be interesting over the next yeah. few weeks. I mean, I, I think we'll we'll see mm. we'll see some potential movement over the next couple of days, yeah. like with the managerial situation, but... Yeah, but, uh, look, we've got to say yeah, what it is. Hard it's, uh, we are we are relegation form, but I mean, the, listen, the league table. We're we we well, no, top four, yeah. Well, we're we're in the relegation of every stat, but we're in, we're yes. in the top half. Well, we we would have been in the top four. I think, like Marcus said, if we if we had beaten uh, West Ham every week, or you know, even United, we would have been there. Um, Lee, let's let's close it with you. Um, just conscious of time and mentally, how much uh, it can become draining. Although I do feel it's been quite cathartic. Um, this I have do feel therapeutic a bit after I do feel better. Um, I let know if I feel better in the morning once I know who's coming in. Then I might feel completely different after this. But uh, Lee, Harry Kane, um, you've always sung Harry's praises. You've always been a massive fan of Harry. What does the rest of the season look like for Harry if he is to remain in a Spurs shirt beyond January? Well, he's definitely remaining in a Spurs shirt beyond January because, as I keep telling the show and everybody else, he he has committed for another year, right? So regardless if it comes out in the press or not, I'm telling you now, he ain't going anywhere in January. And he is an absolute Tottenham legend. He's going through a bad spell. When Maurizio Potocino, who also is a Tottenham legend, went through his first bad spell as a manager, we sacked him, right? What what on earth are we doing? Harry Kane had his challenges in the summer. Harry Kane had his challenges around Man City. As Bridgie said, they never came in for him with a, with a decent offer. The, 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 the move was never on. That was on Man City. That is not on Daniel Levy. It is not on Tottenham Hotspur. It is not on Harry Kane. If the, if the money came in for him, he, he, he may have gone, but it never did in, in terms of big enough offer. And, and he's committed himself for, for another year. I don't think he's down in tools. I think it is a, 
I think he's got a bit of a hangover from the City thing. I think he's definitely got a hangover from the, for, from the England piece. He's a world-class number nine, in my opinion, and he will still score 20 goals this season. He's already scored 10, by the way, not just in the Premier League. When was the last time Romelu Lukaku scored a goal? Lads, listeners, viewers, when was the last time? I know he's injured, pre his injury. How many goals has he scored? See, see, this is the thing. So, so Harry Kane can look like he's a bit disinterested, but we did this, and again, I've got to credit Jace. We did a Love Sports show two years ago, and we were talking. We were talking the same thing. Harry Kane looks a bit disinterested. Harry Kane's not right. He's always a slow starter. I've absolute confidence that Harry Kane will score goals. He'll probably score a brace, and then another two, and then a one, and another two, and then another two, and 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 that's that's where it is. Well, I do agree with Bridgie is he's not interested in Nuno. I think that is absolutely clear. And I think that a lot of the players aren't interested in him either. I, I generally think that. And, that's, and again, I'm very sorry to to, to, to everyone. That's, I'm not, I don't want to be bad blood and slag people off, but he's yep. just not the right appointment for Tottenham. And that's why I think that this next move, maybe that's why they're taking a little bit of time. I'm still surprised that we haven't seen any breaking news, to be fair, um, on, on the fantastic Sky Sports, of course. But... but Maybe that's why they're taking a bit of time because they need to make sure they get the right decision. Harry Kane's Ryan's mate, Ryan Mason's his mate, and we know that, and, and so on and so forth. Is that going to just enable him to go through the motions? Or if we bring in a coach that Harry thinks, "Oh, hello, I, I, I can, I can, I can improve my game here a bit, or I could, I can get my mojo back if you like," then is is that going to be something that's going to? Um, uh, is that going to be something that's going to improve the club and improve our our, our situation this year? Uh, I think, I think. From a positive perspective, when you're playing like this and when you're in a situation that you are like this with, with, with any football club, one-off games, anything can happen. And that's why we love football so much. So maybe when you look at the Cups now and you think to yourself, right, you get into a knockout stage, anything can happen. You know, you turn up for one game and you win and you're, you're through to the next round. You know, maybe we need like a rousing, you know, a Cup win or something like that that, that, that gets the, 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 the ball flowing. Unfortunately, I think the only way that's going to happen is under a new manager bounce. So the quicker we make that decision and put everyone out there misery, including Nuno, the better. Yep. Amen. I think that's the right way to close it. Um, Let me say my thanks to our wonderful panel. And I must just say um, thank you so much to our watching audience. We've had over nearly, I think, 1,700, 1,800 of you watching us live tonight. Um, So can't thank you enough. If you haven't yet subscribed to the Last One Spurs YouTube channel, please do so. Just a click of a button. Um, I do want to say we're going to be back probably more than once, twice, three times this week, uh, depending if my wife lets me out the cupboard. Uh, So I might need to have a word with her about the uh, legitimacy of what is going on at our football club right now. I did try and have an important conversation with her yesterday, and she was only only concerned about seeing Ronaldo more than once. So um, we'll be having that discussion in due course. We will be back. Let me say my wonderful thanks to say our great panel. First up, um, the great Marcus Butland joining us. Marcus, um, I want to apologise. The last time you was on Tottenham Top of the League, the next time you come on, I can't promise you where we're going to be or who we've got in charge. Well, we've probably had three more managers by then and, and we'll be bottom of the league. But hey, nothing would surprise us. <laughs> Onwards and upwards, eh? <laughs> No, I, I will. I will echo very quickly what because uh, I love Lee's. Uh, he's always optimistic, and he's right. There is a nucleus of a very good team there, and I, I still have a sneaking feeling that we're going to win the league cup this year. I love it. A trophy. Listen, we, we listen. We want a trophy. We need a trophy. Um, I know one man. I'm going to try my best to get back on during January because uh, he loves the January window. He loves giving us some kind of Spurs news. Um, I could do with some before then, to be honest here. The great Michael Bridge. Bridgie, it's been lovely having you. Thank you so much. Like me, checking that fun every five minutes. We're waiting, aren't we, Mike? Just waiting. 
Yeah, I mean, as I say, official word is the no comment, which sometimes gives me the impression that there is going to be something, information I have, but I think something will happen. Maybe tomorrow, tomorrow morning, but I think it's going to happen. Yep. Um, and as I say, just to just to finish on that, sorry to all the to the listeners a bit of being so morbid, but I, I think I think that's where we are at the moment. And in terms of replacing the manager, I don't think there's much out there. So um, the very best of luck to Paratici and Levy on getting it right because this is crucial because it's mm. this one was a mistake. They can't keep making them. Oh man, I must have say lots of love out there for uh, all you guys tonight. Um, lots of love out there. Th- thank you so much for all the nice comments. Lows there for Marcus, for Bridgie, for Lee. Lee, um, we're definitely going to be back more than once this week. As I said, twice, three, four times. Who knows what's coming our way? But um, Lee, uh, any, any a message out there for our contingent of loyal listeners and viewers as well? Um, what can you give us, Lee? Give us a rails in, well, they, please. They tune in for you as well, Rick. I tell, I, that might be breaking news oh, to you, mate, but you're, you're doing a wonderful job on here as well, buddy. So, bless you, I, mate. I've, weirdly enough, I've, you know, again, Bridgie keeps saying about morbid, and, and it has been, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it tonight. It is a bit of therapy. Now, I really needed to chat to people yesterday when this was happening and I wanted to get it off my chest and I've managed to do that in front of the best part of 2,000 people tonight and everyone else that downloads uh, um, the, the, the pod as well. So thank you for that. And, and I think yep. that Bridgie did say, or Marcus said earlier, that it might get worse, but they always say, I'll leave you to this, they always say that it has to be hit rock bottom before it can get better. And they're having no shots on target an entire football match at home in front of 62,000 people, it don't get much worse than that. So yeah. I think that yeah. is the bottom. And I think moving forward, we're going to start to, to, to climb. It is going to take some time. But once we know that we get a manager in that's got the same values of where we want to be and where we can go, that's the first step. Get a manager in that can coach. Get the, the players playing with a smile on their face. And let's see where we can go. We've already written the season off. Let's be honest about it. We're a quarter of a way through the season. We've already written it off. We're in four competitions. This is mad, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So you know, so it can. You know, if we if our expectations are this low, then uh, we can only improve. So yeah. come, come Dark- on, Tottenham, just do it. Come Darkest on. hour is just before the dawn. Let's remember that. I love it. Mm. I love it. Mm. A Marcus Buckland rousing finish. My God, we need one. Oh, we got, we got, we got Bridgie smiling. There's always a way we can do this, guys. I'd say a massive thank you once again. Um, again, so fantastic, lovely Marcus Butland, Lee McQueen, guys, brilliant Michael Bridge. Thank you so much, guys. Most importantly, as always, always, please keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.